Do you love having a clean smelling home? Well, the first step to having a clean smelling home is keeping that carpet clean. Our good friends over at PJ Interiors are the dedicated carpet cleaning professionals that will have your carpet spotless in no time. Head over to interiorspj.com. They've been serving the Dallas Fort Worth area for over 10 years. Get your carpet clean now with PJ Interiors. Go to interiorspj.com. That's interiorspj.com and tell them the Gems and Juice podcast sent you. Stay stress, stay stay stress, I love stay stress, 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 that's it true. Like, Fair enough. If that would have, if Jeezy would have played that, then that would have basically took out all the wind of his his uh, Malcolm X. I'll um, <laughs> say, old buddy from uh, Minister Society talking about we supposed to be brothers. <laughs> like took all that out. But um, yeah, man, nah, Stay Strapped is arguably the best of those three uh, of those disc records that went back and forth back then, and uh, somehow it is Saturday. We do not know if the Super Spurter event at Compound turned into a Super Spurter event because it seems to be the one place on Earth where the road is like, look, y'all got hookah? Okay, look, I'm going to spare y'all for now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta never shut down. Like, yeah. they, they, it didn't. Nah. Even they, in the worst of it, they March, made it, April, May. They make it seem so normal. Like, we going to the Compound, y'all, everybody there. I'm like, everybody there. <laughs> if you really get money, you ain't scared of the Rona. Yeah. But. If you're willing to, to to break the Rona, you can spend thirty eight hundred on a section. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we gonna get into the battle, man. A whole lot to break down from that perspective, and of course we had to bring our special guest in as well to break it down. It's only he can. But I, I do agree, man. I think they both left a lot on the table, more so than more so Gucci. And, and you playing some Gucci now, I hear, man. But yeah. there was a lot left on the table. It got very dramatic and very, uh, very, very, very tense at times. But we gonna break it down, man. We gonna break it down from all aspects, and plus the new releases we got going. And, and whole, it's been a busy week, man. A busy week for the culture. Shit, bu- so we busy break couple all days. <laughs> it's been a busy couple. It days. It really has been, yeah. man. A lot, a lot going on, man. But we we gonna get into the shits. So let's introduce the podcast first, as we always do, man. First off, my boy Figgy joining us as always. And man, how you been, man? I saw you were very engaged. I'm sorry I couldn't make the uh, the pre and post Facebook live for the battle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yeah. and Jasmine held it down and y'all did y'all thing. So yeah, check was- that out if y'all ain't seen that yet on Facebook live. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. We was trying to figure out the whole YouTube streaming thing, but that shit is like trying to get a damn record deal, man. They would not let us stream for shit. <laughs> so I guess they knew what it was because a lot of people was already doing it. So I, I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we just kept it on Facebook Live with a couple of other um, the gemstones and juicers. So it was pretty cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how, how you been, man? How you been holding up this week? Yeah, your this boy week. took an L, so how? <laughs> huh? who, who took an L? Oh, I said your boy took an L. Who, Gucci? We gonna get into it. Oh, okay. oh, no, no. I, so. I was trying to figure out who was my boy, but um, 
Yeah, okay, my my, okay. Week, my week been cool, man. It been cool. It, very festive, but it been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, were you excited about that Browns win? Uh oh yeah, I I kind of was, man. I kind of was, and honestly, man, we know the Texans ain't going nowhere, so I I was cool with the Browns winning that one. <laughs> it's cool. It, I, I, are you cool with Baker Mayfield? No. Are you cool with Baker Mayfield? Wait, I think we have a delay going on, man. Oh. <laughs> but are you cool with Baker Mayfield, dog? Because he his ass didn't do shit in that game. I mean, they still won, but they won like in spite of him. Y'all could have put uh, Brock Osweiler out there, and y'all still probably would have won that game. So, how you feel about Baker Mayfield, man? Um, he he not having a <laughs> good. Yeah, he not having a good season, man. And honestly, I know this is the pandemic season, so he really didn't have a a, a, a all season with the new coaching staff and all that. But they're literally hiding Baker Mayfield at this point, and it's perfectly clear that they are. So uh, it it kind of been like that the whole season. He only threw for like two hundred yards a couple times this season, and the Browns got six wins. <laughs> so they're clearly hiding hiding this dude. But like I said, man, the Texans can't stop a nosebleed um, with the running backs, so they just they just kept running the ball. That that was the funny part about it. Like <laughs> at the end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter, they literally just ran the ball <laughs> and and won the game. So uh, 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 the whole every single down, man. The whole year is you know Baker don't fuck up, <laughs> just you know just throw a pass to get that first down, but don't fuck up. That that was pretty much the whole season. So, I'm I'm not sure if we're gonna make the playoffs because this, the the AFC kind of kind of deep. But uh, yeah, I'm I surprised we you know with a quarterback playing like that, man. That's a big surprise to have six wins, be six and three. <laughs> <laughs> you got the tiebreaker too, man. So I mean, shit, if you come down to that, but yeah, yeah. it's. It is, I don't know what to say, man. That, that <laughs> shit was a nightmare to sit through. It was an awful game, number one. Rain yeah. delayed, too. So that was a bitch. <laughs> a hailstorm. Like, <laughs> of all things in 2020, a hailstorm is what holds up a football game. Yeah. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. And I think that was the first weather delay the Texans ever had, too, which is crazy. They've been around since, what, 2002? Mm-hmm. 2001. Yeah. So it's been yeah, yeah. crazy. It, it was pretty bad. Now, I, I, they're, I, saying, they're saying, hey, yeah, it was pretty bad. I saw, uh, I saw, I saw a cell phone video of when they was doing the national anthem, and that wind was literally blowing people away. <laughs> and then once the lightning came, I think they had to delay that shit. But it was, it was rough, man. I'm, I'm so glad I don't live in Cleveland now because I would have been right in that shit. <laughs> yeah, shit was rough, man. Uh, but good to see you're okay and your Browns are up. So we're going to see what's going on with that. Uh, a lot talking sports, too. We're going to get into sports, too, man, because a whole lot going on with this fucking NBA free agency <laughs> and the draft was a couple of days ago. So we're going to get into all that shit, thrown. too. Man. Bags <laughs> are being thrown. At yes. Who do not deserve bags. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Gordon Hayward, man. MJ, man. MJ fucking up again, man. It's why, this is why LeBron's really better, see, because he's already a better owner of a team and he ain't even owned a team yet technically <laughs> we don't get into that shit in a minute but anyway we have to welcome our guest the very talented brandon caldwell joins us again um I, 
I do want to promote you up, man. I want to uh, uh, prop you up a little bit because I saw your piece you wrote for Complex for Paul Wall. Yeah. Now, usually I don't recommend anything from Complex because <laughs> we know how they roll. But they, they do have some talent over there creating content, and you're one of them, man. Uh, very good piece on Paul Wall, um, checking in on how he's been, checking in on how he got his start. Like a lot, and even, th- even if you think you know a lot about Paul Wall, you will learn something in this interview, man. Yeah. So how, how what was it like creating that piece? Man, okay, so this was literally a Zoom conversation that lasted two hours, right? We had to be in two separate Zoom rooms because the first one was like, hey, you run out of time with it. So we had to go set up a second Zoom room just to make sure we finished it. And then after that, I was just looking over the entire conversation. I was like, yo, we've talked about so much. Like, okay, so how do we frame this? How do we make this right? And putting it together, it just took me back to when I was a kid, right? When the first Paul Wall freestyle I remember hearing was, I downloaded it off Kazaa. That's that's one thing. I downloaded it off Kazaa. <laughs> It went like, what it do is Paul Wellican, fly like a pelican inside my skin, got a Versace skeleton. And I was like, is this dude black? Are we sure this dude's black? <laughs> so and he even talked about it, right? So we basically got to break it down to that part where it was like, oh, wow, like it's really like, it's really serious. So from Paul's perspective, not just as like a rapper, but just as a person from Houston that's done things, he, he cited that his main inspirations were Lil Kiki, you know, Fat Pat, Big Pokey, those were his guys, right? Those were the people he saw rap as like, yo, okay, maybe I can do this, right? And then you just get to now we has this massive year in 05. Like even after that, well, even before that, I should say, you know, you have the album with comedian there, get to my correct, and that's a classic here, straight up, part yep. of it, right? And then he says like after, you know, him and Cam split up, Cam went solo, Cam went to, you know, Universal stuff like that it kind of got difficult for him and shit t ferris and switch house threw him a lifeline and that's how still tip happened that was literally that that one verse literally saved his career as he as he, as he told me and so you get that then you find out that the verse from sitting sideways the original verse from sitting sideways is actually the verse is on drive slow yep and how he met kanye was at a king magazine shoot and, you know somebody disrespected freestyle skills and you know, Houston is not about to like let you slide and say, oh yeah, we're not getting freestyle. Oh no, we're not about to slide. Then he was like, yo, I say Kanye's really messing with you. I say, why don't you drop on a, jump on this drop slow for real. So you gotta fly out to LA because Kanye's really, you know, touch, not gonna say touch the he's really a, a Dr. Dre style perfectionist by getting the vocals right. So you gotta be in his in person with him. Paul mouthed off to the cops, him and his manager almost get arrested. He uh, thought he was on punk. Yeah, he <laughs> thought he was on punk because he thought it was like tag. Like, look, if Kanye got punk, if Mike Jones got punk, then I'm gonna be next. <laughs> oh, these cops are real, Paul. Like, mm-mm. uh, and then to have that happen is just that was just that was one of those things. I think me and Paul, we've talked before, and that was we were talking about. Um, it was we were talking about the Slab got out. That was like maybe shoot, four or five years ago for Noisy. We had that conversation. So now to have this one, and this is more like longer and in depth, and it's like, you know, Paul's your homie now. So it's like y'all can really like kind of go back and forth just talking. It was um it was beautiful. It was really, really beautiful. And I still hope that schoolboy Q got his grill. Cause yep. Paul was still hurt that he never got <laughs> he didn't get that grill right. So um, yeah, I would say it's one of my my favorite interviews. And then I'll have to 
look back and like, dang, you have talked to a lot of people and y'all have had a lot of like fascinating conversations. So now nah, Paul is definitely up there. That's definitely one of my ones this year, I would say. For sure. Like it, it really is a beautiful piece, man. Great work on it. Um, a lot of things I learned, like it is interesting to learn that he didn't even like the steel tip and beat at first. He didn't want to rap on it. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, I'm rapping over Mozart now. What's going on? With the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but T. Ferris had to convince him to do it. And yeah. that was probably his no, most The one that got me, the story that got me, and I was like yelling, was the Jill Scott story. That's the one that had me absolutely. <laughs> and then when I when I like going through my mentions, I was just chilling. Um, I think it was like the Wednesday or Thursday, and I seen Jill Scott had like liked the pull quote I pulled from the interview, and I was running around my house like, oh, shit. oh shit. <laughs> and fun fact, me and Jill Scott share the same birthday. Oh, oh damn. Wow. Okay. So you know when your birthday twin is like, yo. That's right. We got to, we got to link That's up. Right. Jilly from Destiny Philly. Girl. Yeah. So I was like, I felt full. my heart felt full. It definitely did. So, yeah, man. That's a, that's one of the ones. Hopefully, the next one, uh, you know, turns out to be something special. Um, and you just keep continue, you know, telling these stories. Um, I think a lot of things going on right now in the city is all about telling the history of this music scene. Um, Donnie Houston is doing an amazing job with that, with his podcast. Um, yep. The All Screwed Up film that came out. Well, I'm gonna say film, cause they'll cuss me out. No, a visualization. Visual tribute, visual tribute. <laughs> visual tribute, visual tribute. Yes. Did, a lot, did a lot of great things um, and basically giving color to that era. I think personally that if, you know, COVID wasn't a thing, it may have actually been a film type situation, but for what it was, it was a very, it puts you in that, that, that feeling. Like you saw the wood room, you saw these records being made. You saw the, the North side, South side beef. You're like, man, if time was time and time was regular, it would have been even bigger than what it was. But I appreciate them merely for the effort of putting it together and having the vision to kind of like tie a lot of that stuff together. Plus the inclusion of so much um, Houston music, like Jack Freeman is in there, Leon yeah. is in there. Uh, Lenora is in there. Les is in there. It is so rooted to a point. It's like, oh, okay. Like this is really a Houston centric project. Um, I don't know if either of you've seen it. Um, it's I on saw YouTube. It. Okay, I it's saw all right. It. So Figgy, if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube now. Like okay. they had a whole rollout, which was pretty dope. In that, like it was literally like if you wanted to see it first, like you have to purchase a screw box, and the screw box contained like a a, a makeshift screw tape and a lot of like merch and things like that. It was really really smartly done. Mm. Um, so in that, it was just like, man, it's a lot of stuff happening. This, this one week has been so Houston centric, uh, that I'm just happy, bro. Like every time I get on with y'all, I'm happy because it, <laughs> it's basically like, look, you don't get to see your homeboys you get to talk shit. So, yo, I'm getting together with my homeboys. We talking shit. We about to have these jokes. We about to have this serious conversation <laughs> sometimes and, uh, we about to let it roll. For sure, man. And yeah, I did watch that, a uh, visual tribute, um, and I'm not going to critique it like I would a feature film, man, because I get, you know, it's an independent project. I'm sure the people involved had the best intentions. I was a little worried when Lil Kiki made the disclaimer at the beginning and said, basically, you know, don't be caught up in this being accurate or it being perfect. I'm like, OK, if you got to say that, I don't know. <laughs> but it, it was fine. It was basically like more like a music video, I felt. So it was cool for what it was, man. And hopefully somebody can see the potential in that, maybe a major studio and build it up to even bigger heights. But We'll see. But I appreciate it. Also, make sure you check out 
there was a, a, a 20 year anniversary because it was 20 years, I think, last week since DJ Screw passed away. Last Monday, yeah. Mm-hmm. Last Monday, yeah. So uh, they did do a, a, a virtual concert. Uh, my sister, Rocky Rocket, was involved as well producing that. That's on YouTube as well. Check that out. Uh, it's a lot of friends of our show as well on there. Point Blank is on there. ESG's on there. Street Military did was the, was the first ones out killing shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, 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 very beautiful virtual concert if you're a fan of uh, screw music, especially the old shit. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Man. A lot of old, some new artists in there, too. So check it out. It was a great celebration of Houston music and art. Uh, with, uh, for 20 years since DJ Screw passed away. So check that mm-hmm. out as well. It's on YouTube. Check out DJ Screw Virtual Concert and you'll find it. So with that said, <laughs> let's get into the shit, man. <laughs> A lot to break down. And we, as we usually do, we're going to break it off with the, uh, with the new releases. And we had quite a few, um, but we'll start with the Megan Thee Stallion who dropped her official debut album uh, is called <laughs> Good News. Mm-hmm. Um, features from Lil Durk. It had SZA on it. Um, a few other artists as well. Of course, you've already heard the Young Thug and all that other. The Beyonce Savage remix is on there as well. Uh, City Girls, which is a cool little link up. Um, so feature packed, but still there is a good dose of uh, solo Megan songs on it. So I have things to say about this album, but I want to get you guys' thoughts first. Uh, Brandon, we'll start with you, man, because you, you you connected. So I, I'm yeah. sure you... Oh, I'm connected, so I can just keep going. We don't put your career on the line first. Throw me to the hotties, why don't you? All right, I see what this is. All so right. I want to know what you think about this project, man. Like, what were your thoughts listening to it? Oh, man. I enjoyed it right i enjoyed it it was a um i think from track one you know because when you see that that plethora like new releases that come down every like thursday night around 11 o'clock you have to make up in your mind like who you listening to first and meg is obviously the first one because a hometown be the most talked about because of that nature so when you get to track one and you hear the that opening chord from you know the notorious big who shot you you're like <laughs> where are we going with this <laughs> and the moment it just starts he's like oh no we're getting we're getting to the shits we're really getting to the shits okay and it just kind of picked up to a point where it was like yo oh we rapping rapping for real for real okay mm-hmm. all right bet then you get to um circles he's like okay cool like all right we've addressed the elephant in the room now let's get back to like just having fun and being me and from there it's like it's like single 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 like the body hook is gonna be stuck in your head all damn day yeah because yaddy 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 because again you watch the video and you're just like saying oh to Bria majors <laughs> oh to roger henson oh black china oh Meg with choreography. Wow. Damn. K. I wish outside was open. <laughs> I need this, like my the to to the, the the short version of me talking about this album is I wish outside was open so that black women in particular could really enjoy this album at brunch at, at the park. <laughs> Anywhere, right? The long version is 
you notice that in the the how they structured this album and how they put it together it's really singles driven and it's also to a point where we're going to give you these very noticeable samples right we're going to give you webby's bad bitch right we're going to give you adina howard <laughs> right <laughs> on the scissor record we're going to give you these sounds that you're familiar with add a little meg on top of it and say go enjoy right and they did the same thing with Cardi's album, in particular with Big and Head, because they took the Three Six Mafia Project Pat joint. It's like, oh, okay. And I think when you have these records, especially with artists like Meg Stature, who are household names and can kind of like cross over and be pop stars as well as the best rapper in the room, like you're gonna make these choices, you're gonna make these very um, advantageous jumps to kind of not only pull in that pop crowd, pull in that you know that. That Z100 uh, KRBE uh, radio now, nice with one type of audience, like trying to get them all in there. So now you have an album and a project that has something for everybody. Is it a classic out the gate? I'll let time tell that. I think it is a solid project that is going to live on the Billboard chart. Um, hell, just off streaming alone is probably going to be like mm, 80, it's probably going to clock 100,000 in terms of streams the first week. Um, it doesn't have a lot of major competition. I think it would like will beat it except for BTS. Cause I think at the moment, the way the streaming market has gotten is Meg is fighting um, K-pop stands now. Yeah. Like, she's gonna like, she's gonna outdo Jeezy. She's gonna outdo me. She's gonna outdo the baby, even though the baby put out a very strong EP. You know what I'm saying? I think he showed more vulnerability and more creativity in letting things kind of go because he had something to talk about, had to get some off his chest. But I would be shocked if this album is not top three. I would be shocked if the album is not number one next week. I really would. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think the Savage remix will put it up there definitely for sure. That was streamed a, a shit ton of times. So I think that'll put it up there. I do want to ask you one question, though, because there's a little bit of a drama via Charlemagne and God in the Breakfast Club mm -hmm. recently this week. They did make the comment that um, Meg the Stallion had a GQ interview and uh -huh. she was named rapper of the year, which you had a good tweet about because you're like, who cares about what GQ thinks is the Thank rapper you, of the man. year? Why are people getting mad about that? Uh -huh. But uh, I do want to know your take because you are a black journalist. They brought up the point that uh, Meg the Stallion was supposed to be on a show, but they had a laundry list of things they couldn't you, talk um, about, including the um, Tory Lanez incident. But yeah. she did talk about that incident at length during the GQ interview. I got the audio so, if you want to play it from Breakfast Yeah, you can go ahead and play it. Wish her the best on her uh, debut album. Good good news. But, you know, I just don't like when artists go to white publications and spill their guts. But when they come to the black media outlets, they want us now, we also to have a long, don't long know list of things not to talk about. You're right. Not, if it's the artist it's probably not sending her. that list out or sure, if it's the yeah. label and representation saying that, a lot of times artists don't even know. They're like, what What did they tell you I couldn't talk about? That is very true because um, uh, they asked us not to ask 50 about Donald Trump, too. And he brought this it up. Morning. Right, <laughs> he yeah, brought yeah, he up. brought it up himself. Exactly. It's, 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 yeah, so I don't want to put that on her. We don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah, that. I don't think it. I'm, I'm, I'm positive it's not her, but I just think it's whack when her representatives that. do that. Because when she was coming and then, up and she was a new artist, we were the ones supporting her before any white publication even knew who she was. The black publications yeah, and black media it, were supporting her. And at least talk talk with your people because, you know, you're, you're comfortable with your people. You know, them white people are just using you for a story. Okay, so <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, Brandon? Do you, do you think Charlamagne has a point there, or do you think 
he they're being a little he, dramatic. He was getting. I mean, they was getting slandered too, man. Yeah, they was getting and slandered. I was one yeah. of them that slandered them <laughs> because <laughs> my line of thinking with this is really simple. What is the Breakfast Club known for? Mess, fuckery, like one hundred percent mess. So, as much as they've done so much for like you know changing the game in terms how of how, in terms of how interviews are consumed in terms of a digital like process in terms of, like you're now watching them on YouTube and instead of just having to turn it into terrestrial radio. I honestly feel that if you weren't known for mess and you actually asked honest, you know, saying hard hitting questions, you then, you know, there wouldn't be an issue. There wouldn't be a whole laundry list of things you couldn't, you could not talk about besides there's going to be a lot more, I would say, given towards GQ getting this story than the Breakfast Club getting this story because GQ is in the business of selling magazines. And them naming her rapper of the year and her talking to Allison Davis, who's a great black writer, by the way, <laughs> is more in line with the fact that, look, we are letting black women tell these stories to other black women and we're going to go ahead and place them to a point where they can be read by the general public. The positioning of any radio station or any journalist worth their salt is, okay, if we can't ask about this, what questions can we come up with to pivot to still get a great interview out of our subject? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times with you know, with our faves, we say, we say, oh, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm upset they went to a, a white publication with this. A lot of times, it's not even since this is a white publication. It's just literally, hey, do you ask good questions? Do you ask good questions and understand that right now, our star at the moment is literally becoming a household name and a global superstar. So, of course, she's going to take these interviews with GQ or Vanity Fair or literally Malory Claire. Hell, if I see Megan Thee Stallion talking about the situation on 60 Minutes Sunday, <laughs> then, then I say, you gonna be mad at 60 Minutes? Is it watching one of 60 Minutes? Because 60 Minutes is the most watched news program in the world, black man. <laughs> like, easily, it's prime time. Like, look, you can't go from, you know what I'm saying, but just being like, oh, well, shoot, maybe we should have got this, maybe we should have got that. Okay, cool. I'm gonna say you've been in it for a decade. You've done great things. You've been criticized heavily. Heck, mm -hmm. this entire week, everybody's been using y'all clips to explain the Jeezy and Gucci main beef. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there are gonna be some losses in this game, like a hundred percent. Some interviews you just ain't gonna get, and maybe she may come back around and do it. But in all honesty, she didn't have to. She doesn't mm -hmm. need it. Like. Yeah. Hove hasn't come back to the Breakfast Club since 2013. Drake's yep. never come to the Breakfast Club. Um, shoot, Beyonce's never come to the Breakfast Club. Hell, oh, Beyonce is just now getting back to even doing interviews. And even that, she has to do it on her own terms and basically <laughs> write the story for you. As she should. <laughs> so, again, bro, like, this is one of the situations where I'm, uh, I'm at it with two ways. Like, you can ask better questions or you can respect her decision. And be like, look, black woman made a power move. I bet. I see that. Salute that. Must say this out. Must say we will promote. Must say we will promote this album. Must say we'll talk about the. Because again, the main thing you're going to ask about is the alleged shooting. The alleged shooting in the album. It's not going to be. Let's talk about the album. Let's talk about who you got on producers. Must say who did you want for a feature that you couldn't get. You know what I'm saying? 
it's not going to be that in-depth. It's not going to be like, oh, dang, why'd you pick this sample? Why'd you, yeah. like I said, how long did it take you to gestate yeah. this particular, this particular, uh, this writing, right? Like, what did you feel like doing your performance on Saturday Night Live? The very, the main thing you're going to want to know is about something she has talked about almost ad nauseum in every single publication, whether it be the New York Times, GQ, her own Instagram feed, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, 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 they do no research. Angela Yee is the one who handles those boring questions. And she just says, so she gets the track list like a minute before the interview, I'm sure. And she's like, so I see you have SZA on here. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. shout out to them again. They, they, they're well-deserved greats in the field for what they do. But I think a lot of times when it comes to even us, right? All we want, I say we come as fans first. And a lot of times you have to respect the artist's wish. Like, okay, if I'm a fan and I want to know more, let me ask something different, right? Let me, or matter of fact, guess what? If you don't have to ask it, they're going to put, they're going to may bring it up anyway. Just like he yeah. said, we're talking about 50 Cent and Trump. Yeah. Again, if there are ways to do it. Yeah. And Being I, upset about it is not the way. Yeah. And honestly, like the lawyer say, this, this ain't the way. Yeah. Honestly, man, it, it for her, I guess on her side, it makes total sense for her not to do that because they can't afford to make her look bad in the interview. Because oh, no. you you know Charlemagne is gonna press the you know the questions. They're gonna mm-hmm. keep hammering on the questions, and you know you you don't know how she's gonna respond. She could respond and make them look stupid, but she don't want to you know risk that. I guess risk having a bad interview and then make her look even worse. You know during the album release. So I, I could totally get them saying, nah, you know, you keep, we don't want to talk about that right now. I mean, during the album release. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. And that's why I think, like, Charlamagne would have a point if she went to a white radio station and, and gave an interview, but then, and talked about everything, but then she said she wouldn't talk about this stuff with Breakfast Club. But uh, a, a, paper, a written interview is very different from a radio interview. Yes. And I'm sure her and her representatives had a final editorial say-so and what the final interview looked like, and they probably signed off on it. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with a radio. A radio interview is live. Or even so them, even them if because you they- up, If you look stupid, that's there forever. Yeah, and plus they, they're a little cocky with it too, man. Like, even if they say, don't put this out, they will still put that clip out no matter what. Yeah. So it, it's not, they, they're not- uh, uh, a show that will res- kind of, I guess, throw that clip away or not release it or and not say shit about it if it come elite. out. Looking- yeah, they will. They will put it out <laughs> like like Floyd Floyd doing that read that they exactly put out for no reason at all. That, yeah, or Webby trying to do drops. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So like Charlotte he- McGay. <laughs> Well, y'all got some names on y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so even if they don't put that clip out, they will still talk about it, just like how they did now. They ain't have to talk about that. If if they decided to pass on the interview, they ain't have to, you know, put it in the rumor report. They could have just said, shout out to Meg, blah, blah, blah. They, we wouldn't even know she was, you know, supposed to go up there. So mm-hmm. j- just the, now, the simple Now, here's my, here's my question. What they had to say if, they, if she went to Vlad? She went to Vlad. That would be hilarious. Yeah, like, really, that would be Vlad funny. <laughs> she, he, he, honestly, he probably would have denied. Hilarious. He would have denied the interview too. 
I think he was denied it too because he was. I was just. I, I think I was watching the interview with Charlamagne. It was like a recent one with Vlad, and he was saying how he had an interview with Monique, and I guess they wanted to keep the footage or they wanted to own the footage of the interview, and it was like a big thing with that where he had to scrap the interview. So I think if 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 they came to Vlad with that long laundry list, I think he probably would have passed on it too because you know he wanted. Get into the details. That's worse than Breakfast Club, honestly. Vlad is struggling now to motherfucker have Michael Jai White on there every other week, dog. <laughs> like what the what the fuck do Michael Jai White got to say about Chicago violence and he music has, going on? He today, has his dog. main three. He has his main three. <laughs> it, ever since he messed up with uh, Minister Farrakhan, it has been yes. Michael Jai White, Boosie. I forget the third person, but them, but that Michael Jai White and Boosie, the Some, main somebody. Two. Godfrey stopped too, so yeah, he's he's yep. he's down, he's down bad, man. He needs help. He needs to apologize for that shit or whatever he needs to do. <laughs> but back to the Meg album. I know we got way off topic, man. We got to break down this album a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Figgy, what were your what were your thoughts on the album? Hearing it, man. Um, to me, I felt like this was her most produced. Uh, I guess technically this is her debut album, even though she had like a shit ton of projects, but. I agree with yes, what yes. I, I agree with um, what Caldwell had to say as far as like the Cardi approach, because there was a lot of samples on here, man. Like it seemed like every song on here is a single, uh, with the exception of like two different song, two a uh, couple songs. But I I like Shots Fire. I felt like she came in swinging with that. I was a little worried at first because I'm like, damn, is this gonna be like a Tory album with where it's nothing but disses in it? <laughs> but I felt like outside the shots fired and maybe one song where she kind of addressed it again a little bit. Um, I thought it, I thought it was a solid album for her. And I mean, I'm kind of great grading on the curve, but for her, to me, this is probably an album I could probably play again because I I like some of the sample choice. I I like the, I like the song with scissor. I thought that was cool. Um, the bad bitch. I could, I could kind of see that shit going in the club. But like always, so I, I wish kinda, huh? <laughs> <laughs> ain't no kinda with that. Hey, ain't, ain't no kinda. Ain't, Webby already reached out trying to do the remix, but nah, it ain't, hey, ain't a kinda. I ain't, been, I ain't been in the club in a minute, so <laughs> so I don't know. I can see that in the club. Fig, I ain't even gonna front, bro. Like, listen, I say this is this is cross pollinating topics, but uh, <laughs> Gucci and Jeezy maybe missed the, the stickiness of the club floor, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. Me too. It made me miss the atmosphere. It made me miss the atmosphere. Me too. <laughs> Keep going, bro. Keep going. Yeah, but um, I thought it was a solid project, man. Um, I like uh the crybaby song was, <laughs> it the crybaby song made me want to Meg and the baby project. I think that would be a fun ass project for them to do, even if it's a little seven, eight songs. I think that'd be a fun collab project, but um. Outside of that, man, I I thought it was a solid project. The body song was a little irritating, but I probably gotta I gotta hear that in the club. I think if I hear that in the strip club or something like that, then I will probably appreciate it. But that that chorus for it was driving me insane. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Solid, solid, solid takes, man. I'm gonna be a little more critical of this album. I'll admit because. She's calling this her debut album. So when you say it's your debut, like I, I gave a lot of passes to the other projects because I'm like, wait for the album, wait for the album, wait for the album. 
This is your album. This is what you're about. So I'm ranking this against Nicki Minaj, Pink Friday. I'm ranking this against Cardi B, Invasion of Privacy. And like, I, I think Megan is more talented than both of them, rap wise. I think she can out rap them both, especially Nikki, Cardi. Nikki. But I think well, current Nikki, yes. Okay. In her prom Nikki, I don't think so. Okay. The punchline crazy Nikki who 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 is gotten a lot more corny as years go on. <laughs> I think Meg could outwrap her now. This okay. is a fascinating statement to make when Pink Friday turns 10 tomorrow. It does. Yeah. <laughs> 10 year anniversary of Pink Friday, man. So mm. the barbs are going. I think it actually got back on the billboard. The barbs are doing some I, kind of streaming party or something. Yeah, I, I thought I and then I be. thought I thought she re-released it or something too. I heard she has some oh, yeah, like a, a complete version, so to speak. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, I got my, I, I I have the, the trusty uh, human um, search device in my hand as we speak. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Minaj. Yeah, sorry, man. I think she, yeah, she, I think she put something else out. But uh, so I have to rank this against other or her peers' debut albums, and when you rank it against those, I'm sorry, I, I got to say it falls short. Um, it has some good songs on it. So first off, let me talk about the, the concept of the album itself, because I don't know who really came up with this and I don't know why it was called good news. Um, I don't get the, the newspaper aesthetic. This is 2020 kids mm -hmm. don't know what a newspaper is. So when I saw the rollout and his album is called good news and it's a bunch of newspapers around Megan, this would be cool in like 2001. In 2020, I feel like it should have been maybe some tweets, some Facebook posts, some fake social media messages. If you want to go this route, newspapers, I, I get the stench of Jay-Z's old ass being involved in this. Some, some, somebody <laughs> old, I feel, <laughs> made the concept for this album because I don't, newspapers, man, it's 2020. Kids don't know what a newspaper <laughs> is. Jay-Z old ass, I, I feel like he has something to do with that. And <laughs> so I, I'm into album concepts. I, I like to know why artists call <clears throat> albums what they call them. So I actually looked it up for this one because I'm like, maybe something went over my head. Maybe it's not as simple as it seems. I looked up on Apple Music uh -oh. and the quote from Megan Thee Stallion, Okay. I feel like I had to name my album Good News because we've been hearing so much bad news. <laughs> uh, I, I'm trying to be nice, man. I'm trying to be nice. So, I'm trying to... Sometimes we think about certain album names. We, I guess we think too much into it, but sometimes it could be something just as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. She, she could have called this album Hot Girl. That would have been fine. But <laughs> yeah, like that. No, no, right. Hold on. Hold on. Because you got me near tears right now. <laughs> I think you call it good news only because of how much Meg's name has been did different headlines all year, right? And if you peep the actual outward, it is basically taking all the stories written about Meg this year, good and bad, right? And then basically you cobble it all together and then, you know, hey. I have something to say, so therefore I have good news to say about myself, and I want all the hotties to hear it, right? That's how I took that concept. <laughs> Plus, 
the rollout. <laughs> Third, like you, you, you pull out, you, you pay homage to Playboy, Jet Magazine, like <laughs> all the classics, pinup fashion. Page 43 has a special place in my heart, my brother. It does. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to say, even though the concept of a newspaper is old as fuck, and it is, the execution of it was pretty damn good. I'm sorry. Okay, fair, fair enough. I like your explanation of it better. I wish it was worded like that when she said it, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll go ahead and accept your, your explanation for that. Um, so I'll get into the album itself, man. Right. Uh, it opens up with the Tory Lanez this song. And I have to disagree with y'all, man. I feel like this should have been like a, a Lucy. Maybe she dropped this in anticipation. I don't feel like this should have been the first song on her album, man. Just because it it, it feeds into basically, like I, I feel like Megan honestly wants to put this behind her and move on with her life. But when you put this as the first song on your debut album, you can't take this one back. And this is not a mixtape, not an EP. This is your album. And so when you feed into some current drama on your, this would be like if, if, if Jay-Z dissed Tupac on uh, A Reasonable Doubt. It, it would be kind of weird, man. We probably wouldn't see it as favorably as we do now just because it would be strange. So... I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Plus, my old ass, I don't like the trap beat, the trap drums on the Who Shot Should Beat. You don't like lazy sampling, period. That's yeah, the, the sample the sample was lazy, lazily executed sample. She was rapping her ass off on it, I'll give it that. The cadence was there, the lyricism was there. I'll give it that much. But it being the first track on an album called Good News, like it, it kind of, it was a turn off at first. But I, I powered through that. And the rest of the album sounded pretty much how you'd expect. Um, y'all y'all already named the, the biggest hits off. I like the Scissor song a lot. Um, the Dirk song was cool, too. Body, Body was a cool song, but the hook was just annoying, man. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, it would be cool in a strip club, like Brandon said. But hearing it by yourself, body, yada, 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 like that, that gets annoying, man. Uh What's new, I think, is my favorite song on the album. Mm. I think the beat is crazy on that one. Like, the beat is insane. The production on this album, for the most part, was insane, man. Oh, yeah. No, Juicy J put his motherfucking foot in his damn album. He did. But comment on that, too. Juicy J has the worst producer tag in the history of producer tags, man. What the fuck is that? <laughs> what the fuck is that tag, man? It goes something like, <laughs> what, Juicy say? What what, I, like, sound like the, the, the Mortal Kombat song that Raiden made flying through the screen. <laughs> yeah, that is the worst producer tag, man. I can understand hearing it once. Hearing it three times on the album is too much. He, he, he had to cut that back, man. Producer tags, I think, in general, are played the fuck out. That tag is annoying the, as fuck, man. The producer, he would. The producer tag is getting worse now, man. Like yes. that, That's like a big thing. Like, look at all the legendary producers we look at. T Timberland ain't got no tag. Um, uh, Pharrell ain't got no tag. Yeah, yeah. Nah, has a, has a four count. Like his is a his. Is a that, 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 I, I heard that theory, and it, but not every Pharrell song had that. It man. doesn't. Like, but the, yeah, the big bangers yeah. though, the big ones. Yeah, but they, they do that. But, yeah. but people like Pharrell and Swiss, they got that sound where you know it's them. 
where he's like, yes. oh, yeah, I could tell Swiss. Swiss, um, his beats are pretty well known anyway. But, like, for real, you know when it's for real, and sometimes you hear his voice in it. It's like, okay, okay. But, not like, to me, Just Blaze was the perfect tag to me because it sounded like it was with the beat, and it was, it was perfect. But now it's just like, Juju on that track, boy. It's just something. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's I just, like Lil Ju too, man. Like, I like him, but the, the tags are out of control now. Man. It, it like, is, gotta, man. People, and especially when it's multiple producers on the track, 808 Mafia <laughs> and Southside and Metro Boomin, got to get their tags in on the same trunk, man. We got London on the track. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 but the Weezy Juicy gotta, J one. See, Weezy got a good one, though. Weezy got Weezy, a good one. Weezy one's a yeah. good one, though, man. Yeah. The Weezy one's a good one. I like uh, If Y'all Metro Don't Trust You, I'm Gonna Shoot You, too. Like, that's oh, yeah. classic. Yeah, but, yeah. Metro so Boomin wants some more, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Metro, yeah, Metro got good. Metro got good ones. I ain't gonna lie to you. Metro may have the best tag in the game. But see those, no, place. But see those tags are cool because the actual artist said it. Yes. And I mean, like you, you got like a real artist saying they probably just said it in a song, and he took it and made it a tag. But some of the other ones, this is like, come on, man, like you doing too much. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. Um, so I did agree with uh, what Figgy said about uh, the project with the, the baby song too. I feel like that would be, remember when Ludacris and Shauna made that Battle of the Sexes album and nobody gave a fuck because nobody cared about them at that point in their career. Mm-hmm. I feel it like- supposed to be, It was supposed to be a Ludacris and Shauna joint, but it didn't turn to be a Ludacris and Shauna joint. It turned to be a Ludacris doing Ludacris. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But the, it, it was rumored to be like a- It was supposed a to be them too. The Battle yeah, of the Sexes. Yeah, them two going back and forth. Well, I feel well, like- the Same way as Jay-Z talking about, look, the Black Album is going to be 12 songs, 12 producers. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, okay, Kanye all over that shit. But uh, yeah, so I, I feel like they should definitely do a project together and now it actually be like that. They could use that concept, but people actually listen this time. So uh, I got to criticize some of the bubblegum pop shit, man. The fucking don't rock me to sleep. Okay. Now, when, when, when Trump was talking about uh, banning TikTok, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump, but I was actually glad to hear this because <laughs> my thought was, okay, if they ban TikTok, I won't want have to hear any more of this bullshit TikTok music artists are putting out just to go viral on that app. Mm-hmm. You know, Drake's been doing it lately. Every every big artist is trying to get a TikTok hit and they got to realize you can't force it. Megan forced it with this one, man. I'm, this song is awful. Don't rock me to sleep. This is probably the worst song I've heard all year, man. I, I got to call it like it is, man. This song is awful, dog. Like, this is not Megan Thee Stallion. This is not the Megan Thee Stallion we know, man. The one that was in the parking lot killing the freestyles. This is like Jay-Z. And Jay-Z is her advisor. He should have told her about this shit, man. Because Jay-Z criticized himself on volume one for chasing the pop hits instead of making a classic album, which he almost had if he didn't put sunshine on it. But then he goes back and allows this song to be on Megan Thee Stallion's debut album. Like it, it's not it's, the only you, fail from volume one. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. You belong to the city. <laughs> See, I like that song though, man. You like City is Mine? <laughs> I like City is Mine, man. I, I like know what girls like. You like that one too? I hate that song. <laughs> Thank, that, you that, that, Thank you very much. Hell, I say, you know what's weird? 
you have Megan Thee Stallion do this record, which is a, a big TikTok style record, but then you get Jeezy bring Demi Lovato in to do, yes. some, do some classic 80s R&B. You're like, wait a <laughs> minute. On the SOS band. You're like, hold on. <laughs> okay. Man. Okay, Jeezy. Okay. See, now, I didn't even hear that song. I skipped it once I saw Demi Lovato was on it. Oh, no. Nah, I got to really listen to it. it, it I didn't know it's called. Yo, bro. He got, I think he got Demi Lovato and Todd Alisson on there. I know, oh, a weird combination, but it goes. I'm going to check. We're going to talk about that in a minute, though. Yeah. So, to, to, yeah, on, yeah, real quick, to your point on, I guess, making the TikTok music, it kind of makes sense because I feel like the record labels got their arm in the TikTok game. Now, I think they own that shit somehow where they, you know, they're trying to get money from that, too. Like, I I, I think it kind of makes sense why these bigger artists are doing these TikTok or at least one TikTok song because they want that shit to go on TikTok so they could get the money. Yeah, it's already been exposed that labels have signed TikTok people mm-hmm. and and they're basically getting paid to make these viral TikToks with these songs that people are going to stream. Like it's all connected now. Man. Yeah. So I get it. I just don't like it. <laughs> and I don't like it from Megan Thee Stallion. Like let Ariana Grande make this bullshit kind of record, man. Don't don't let Houston's own Megan Thee Stallion do some bullshit like this. I just don't like the song, man. I, yeah. And, I, I agree. I think this is this is kind of the um the ringtone version of I guess hip hop, how it was back yes. in the ringtone days. But she, it seemed like she trying to dip into that lane. I wouldn't be surprised if she tried to Nicki Minaj her way into that lane. Because remember Nicki, she started off doing that and she yeah. went to a whole nother side where I guess Ooh. she never went back. And it kinda Ooh. didn't work out for her favor because she tried to Star dip back at she tried Found to the alarm. Yeah, she yeah she tried there, to. There's a whole she, era of super shiny Nicki Minaj records that I yeah. literally watched from my memory. Yeah, and and honestly, the people loved it, but she couldn't go back to that hip hop part of her because it's like, nah, you done got too pop. Like starships, nah, we ain't trying to hear that. That you stay over there type of thing. That's the one thing I'm kind of worried about with Meg. I don't want I don't want that to happen to Meg where she get too poppy. Where she, you know, she she can't really get back into the hip hop bag. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think with Meg, it's definitely gonna be. Um, she's gonna learn a lot from both watching Cardi and Nicki before her. In that, like, you have a she's doing a lot more rapping with the girls. I mean, look, City Girls record is you know just a tip. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Reach AT indeed. Um, <laughs> so she's learning. From, she's gonna learn from. She's gonna learn from Nicki. She's gonna definitely learn from Cardi and kind of see how they both navigated this on their first albums. Um, and again, I think if you look at it for this to occur ten years after Nicki's debut is kind of fascinating. Um, for one, Nicki had a debut album with 2010 Eminem, 2010 uh, Drake. 2010 Kanye like all these different factors kind of rolled in so you know like this is going to be big right and we kind of been bubbling up to that point plus Nikki had that thing where you don't you don't usually get in this era right now which is a beloved almost hall of fame worthy guest verse on a record to make your your announcement like really oh no you are really here like Meg I wouldn't say mm, I would say Meg has a hall of fame one yet in terms of like a guest feature 
But for the fact that she can say, like, look, I got two number ones this year. Yeah. With arguably two of the biggest women in music in Beyonce and Cardi. Like, that is something you're going to hang your hat on. And again, when people were, like, upset about the whole, hey, this person got, you know, rapper of the year, I'm like, GQ Magazine is in the business of selling crossover appeal, right? Nobody right now in hip-hop crossover more easily than Megan Thee Stallion. That's true. Like, Lil Baby can kill every feature and kill every album he's on. It's not gonna sell a it's not gonna sell a magazine the same way Megan Thee Stallion is. Like so, you're not you're not gonna look at little baby and GQ like dang he fits off. People pro- people probably wouldn't even said nothing, man. That's the part that's killing me. People was upset about the GQ artist of the year. I didn't even know they had artists of the year. They do it. They do it every year. They do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, like who was it's like it? their men? It's like their men or women of the year issue, right? They do it like every yeah. December. Like one year it was Drake, Wale, and Kid Cudi. And this was like 2009, 2010, one of those years. So again, there's giving credence to stuff. And then there's also making arguments for the sake of making arguments. Like if you want to roof a little baby, cause little baby has numbers. Okay. Yeah. He has numbers, but again, those numbers mean things to us. It does not mean everything to the general public. Okay. I have a comment on that. Go ahead. So um, first off, let me wrap up my whole, my whole thing about the album. I think I agree with y'all. I think the album is solid. I agree it's not a classic. I think it falls short with the Nicki and Cardi debut albums. But like y'all said, I think she, she'll she get better. She'll learn from this. And I'm sure it'll still be number one because of the Beyonce feature alone. So it'll be up there. So to that point and to the reason why Megan gets this kind of pushback and blowback online. I've seen people call it unfair. I've seen people say they're just picking on her because she's a woman, things like that. And y'all don't even care about a little baby like that. So I'm, I'm going to hit y'all with a, a wrestling analogy. Brandon, I know you watch wrestling a little bit too. So you'll get oh, you this. Oh, you know, I'm going to get this off rip. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there, did we talk you, to boy. Oh no. Survivor Series tomorrow. I am invested. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> So there is a character, if, you, if you've been even passing watching wrestling, you, you know who Roman Reigns is. Uh, he's a character who- at some, right I know where you're going with this. <laughs> yes, I, I'm sure y'all both do at this point, probably. There was a character who named Roman Reigns. He started in a group called The Shield. Mm-hmm. It was like three people who just walked in the ring and fucked people up and just left. Yeah. That was her whole gimmick. But they broke up. And after they broke up, there, the Vince McMahon, who was ahead of the WWE at one point, decided he wants to make Roman Reigns the next Hulk Hogan, the next Rock, the next Stone Cold, the next John Cena. Yep. He wants to make Roman Reigns the face of the company. The problem with this is that the audience had not connected with him yet because he hadn't put out any classic matches by himself. He hadn't cut any classic promos. He really had no personality. But we could, they, we could see the fact that they want him to be number one and they're going to do whatever it takes. They're going to have him beat all these legends. They're going to have him beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania, <laughs> even though he already lost to Brock Lesnar before that. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. He's going to do all these things because they decided he needs to be the number one guy. Right. And you can't get somebody over by just deciding they're over. They got to get over somewhat organically. 
that's a problem with Megan Thee Stallion right now, man. Like, if you if you want to say she's the best new artist, that's fine. Saying she's the artist of the year in BET and GQ when she hadn't even dropped her album yet, that's it's starting to feel a little forced. And when you when you think when things start to feel forced, there's gonna be a little bit of a pushback to it, man. Like we know Megan can rap, we know that, but BET is supposedly a a the hip hop awards are supposed to be somewhat black culturally influenced. Okay. So for her to win over little baby there, stung a little bit more. Like I don't care about GQ and what they think about rap, but. BT putting her as rapper of the year over Lil Baby. And Lil Baby been putting work in for a while now. And Megan honestly is really just getting started. That felt a little bit forced, man. It feels like Rock Nation is Vince McMahon and <laughs> Meg Thee Stallion is Roman Reigns. Mm. That's just how I feel about it, man. I like this. I like this. Okay. So if we're going to continue this analogy going, right? Do you, rem- you may remember the night after WrestleMania, after Reigns beat The Undertaker, how Reigns got shitted yep. on by that man <laughs> for like 12 minutes straight. It's my yard now. And, and three words <laughs> on the entire room. Three words on the entire room. So that was 2017. Okay. So now fast forward to 2020, right? Reigns has now undergone not only a character switch that we've been clamoring for, but now he's absolutely killing it. Now he is. Whether it be matches, whether it be promo work, all of it. Do you think, well, I'm going to ask you this. What do you think is going to be that moment, right? That moment where people was like, I get it. And it's like, okay, now this is no longer forced. Like, is it going to be a classic album is it going to be a moment where everybody like she drops this one particular song this one particular project where she's just rapping rapping and like it gets everybody's attention to the point where like, it's undeniable or is it going to be something where she continues to cross over and she continues to become this superstar that is now not only just in music but also in tv in film in anime and you know things <laughs> You know, she's oh hey, Megan Thee Stallion is now the uh the lead writer of Hunter by Hunter. Or um <laughs> or he can tell you exactly why um DC needs to figure out what the hell they're gonna do with the DC um extended universe for uh for Justice League, you know, things like that. I think she needs a Nicki Minaj on monster verse mm. moment. I think because that's what really got Nicki over in terms of black people and black culture. Cause it, it, the general consensus is she had the best verse by far on a song with lyrical juggernauts at the time, yeah. you know, so best people in the game, Meg the Stein needs to be on some kind of posse cut with everybody hot in the game. And she needs to clearly take the crown. If she gets that moment, I think she will be over and we will accept her as the new rap queen until it happens. You can't just say she's the best. We got to believe in it. And I think she'll get there. But I'm just speaking as to why personally I and some other people, you know, because I know people who don't hate Megan Thee Stallion. They just don't fuck with her music like that for whatever reason. A lot of females, honestly, they like she's not their favorite for whatever reason. 
even though they do like her and they, they wish her success. So I'm just speaking as to why there's that blowback. And, and I'm not going to say it, it is none of it is sexist. I'm sure some of these niggas just want to complain, just complain and don't like seeing a woman beating a man. So I'm not speaking to that goofy shit. I'm speaking to the general consensus as to why, you know, people are, are pushing back against everybody naming her rapper of the year before she drops a debut album. So do y'all yeah. do y'all think it's almost if, like saying something like that? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, do y'all think I guess this Tory situation is one of the reasons why people kind of, you know, I guess bashing her a little bit. I won't say bashing, but if this Tory Lanez thing never happened, do y'all think people will be up in arms about this still the same way? Or does the up in arms thing kind of <laughs> add to the whole Tory Lanez thing? Because I felt like since that That's Tory Lanez since that Tory Lane shit happened, I've 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 been seeing way more hate on Meg than I ever did before because she she wasn't hated That's this true. much, but since that situation happened, it seemed like everything she do, people complaining about it, <laughs> like literally everything she do. Right. You still she still got some of the fans, but you see more hate on it. And it's not even like hate if it's just men. It's on both sides. It's men yeah. and women. Yeah, and my project. My problem with that always has been, y'all niggas really cape for Tory Lanez's music that goddamn much. <laughs> y'all like them them overcooked microwave ass samples that goddamn much. Word, <laughs> really. <laughs> I have never seen so many people throw excuses and hypotheticals for a a situation they weren't in, and then b for motherfuckers who don't know you, and then c. For some shit that <laughs> the man allegedly shot one of your faves. One of your faves allegedly got drunk and shot one of your other faves. Let it be that. Like, I think a major part of what social media has done is turn all these niggas into fucking gumshoe, the head yep. detective, drag <laughs> um, nets. Motherfucking uh, Columbo, Ur- asses Columbo, Virgil Tibbs, my guy. Yeah. Like, you want to take it back? Go back to the Stapling. heat of the night. That's how you niggas sound right now. All these cases. Point is, a lot of shit. You guys leave it up to court, bro. You really gotta leave it up to court. And basically, I'm in. I'm in Meg's position right now. Like, the fuck does she gain from lying? Like, what exactly does she gain from lying? Like, I understand the political climate right now is crazy. You know, cop, I say, still ain't got justice for Breonna Taylor. I understand all of that, right? But why are you rushing to say somebody's lying? Or you, why are you rushing to defend something when all the evidence points to the exact opposite? All the evidence points to the opposite. It's, it's, it's weird, bro. And I think, like, half the situation I have, like you said, Fig, I think the hate would have wouldn't have been um, as venomous, but I also think like the anticipation for what the next thing, the next move she's gonna do, album wise, I think that's that's maybe like a a fifteen percent aspect to it as well. Because if you remove shots fired from this album, what's the, what's the first thing you gonna talk about? Good point. Yeah. Good point, man. I think they kind of like they weirdly play a hand in each other. Like if you don't get one thing without the other, like you don't get, if you don't get DJ screw and Pimp C getting arrested, then you don't get one day with you uh, off riding dirty. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the things kind of have to, 
it's a weird butterfly effect type thing with that, man. So yeah, I I I just think niggas need to shut the fuck up, and uh, I I need niggas to sit the fuck down for one, because between here and Dallas, I need a lot of I need people to just sit down, <laughs> bro. Like there's way, too much, <laughs> way too much ignorant violence. Like I can understand, you know, getting your sh- doing that shoulder work, you know, punk, you know, fight. I can understand a fight. You know what I'm saying, I can't understand you just, you know, just taking life for no reason mm-hmm. over shit that you don't even own. I can't, I can't understand that. That's why I feel for Mo 3's family. Um, yeah. Cause I met, I met him um, a few times when he came up to the station. Cool person. Oh, wow. Um, the last time I saw him was January. Him and Boosie were just, they were just at the station to promote uh badass Mo 3. And when I tell you the joy he had in his heart, for a game of Connect Four, and I've shared this clip on social. Mm-hmm. Media. This dude played Connect Four like Braun plays Game Seven on the final. <laughs> <laughs> he says he is the one nigga that has never lost a Connect Four. I wholeheartedly believe believe his ass wholeheartedly because he was running niggas up out the studio left and right that day. And the ironic part was he was just on Hot Box with Mike Tyson next to Boost. Yeah, yeah, and that was two weeks ago, like right before all this shit happened. So. You see Mo just chilling, right? Boo getting interrogated to death by a nigga who you're never going to fight, no way. You just gonna have to take them, them, them licks. And then Mike pivots to Mo and asks him, Where are you from? He's like, from Dallas. What year were you born? 1992. <laughs> and then Mike, clearly not knowing what the heck, what uh, platinum grill or any ice in your mouth signifies for in Texas, Mo gives him the perfect answer it signifies victory. A grill in my mouth signifies that I made it. I did something, right? You don't get no, if I ain't never got no medal in high school for any type of sport, but I got these these VVSs in my mouth, then I've won something. And that is the most Texas ass answer you can give anybody about why you got a grill in your mouth. I like that. I never heard that. I like that. Yeah. So rest in peace to him. Uh, I feel terrible that Boosie got shot on his damn birthday. Yeah. Last Saturday, I feel for. I heard scary things about that too. Uh, last I heard, they might have to amputate. So well, no, he said he's good now. He said he's oh, good he's now. good now. Okay, good. I was worried because you know the diabetes. I thought the diabetes was going to be too. So I really am just like I just need all my people to sit down. It's really hell. Y'all shot Benny the Butcher, dog. How you shoot Benny? Benny don't be bothering nobody. Man. Yeah, what Walmart was that, man? Because I- that was off fifty nine and south. That was off fifty nine and west side by South Rice. South Rice. I was just yes, around was, the corner from us, Fig. You know that one. I was just at that Walmart this morning, man. And I got out the car. I'm like, damn, I wonder which one he got shot at. <laughs> that's liter- That's not even the hood hood, for real. It ain't. That's not the hood Walmart. It really ain't. Man, that's scary. <laughs> Bro, I need, I need people to sit down. I, I really need people that's to the, sit down. That's the com- that was the comfortable Walmart, man. That's the one. Thank you. That's the one you could go in your flip-flops with no socks and ain't got to worry about nobody. <laughs> which is why i think this is the perfect time and a perfect segue to get to the most tension-filled verses <laughs> wait wait but wait we, we will in a second first off you just just reminded me of something because i meant to ask you this too uh last i heard you tweeted about jeremiah like he was in critical condition have you heard anything yeah. new about that is he okay uh, to, yeah today his um his family said they moved him out of icu and he's been in a regular hospital room now he's off the ventilator so now he's doing like you know basic uh, COVID recovery in the hospital. Like he's still mm-hmm. in there, 
Um, okay. It's still undetermined how long he's actually had COVID. It's actually undetermined if he still has it. But it's a lot better prognosis compared to Thursday when his agent came out and said, hey, he's in critical condition. So hopefully, you know, that brother gets well. Um, this COVID shit is crazy. Um, we've literally did what a million cases in a week. Yeah, it's been crazy, man. Yeah, and then hell, I looked at the, the stats this morning. Shoot, Southeast Texas is at two hundred sixty nine thousand, and this is and this is just from like shit. It was like two forty, two fifty something like Monday. Mm. So yeah. again, wear your mask, wash your hands, uh, don't share hookah with somebody you don't know, <laughs> unless you in Atlanta. I still love hookah, so I'm not going like. I'm just gonna give you the heads up. Like, just take your time. Take your time. I agree, man. Yeah, fuck it. Let's just get into the verses now. We yep. have some more yep. albums to break down, but we'll we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that shit later. Let's go into what people really want to hear. The the Gucci Mane and and uh, Young Jeezy verses. It actually happened. You know, yeah. last podcast we were skeptical. We didn't know if it was actually gonna take place. He was the first Gucci one to Man- post it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was wondering if he was trolling, if it was some kind of elaborate Photoshop he had put together. But no, it actually did happen, man. Uh, it went down. Brandon told us before the show that it was the highest viewed uh, versus so far. Mm-hmm. And by a good number as well. You think you said 8 million views live 9. total? 9.1. That's huge. So like, you're talking some numbers that are they're better than the CMAs, the MTV VMAs. Like you want to talk about black culture being the culture. You had people enjoying a DJ set by DJ Holiday for <laughs> what felt like an hour and some change. He was going in. Like let's not front. Holiday was going in. Every time you heard that holiday season tag, another good DJ tag, by the way. Holiday um, season. It was like, oh, bruh, like, oh, this is all Atlanta? Oh, it's rocking. It is rocking. And then you see Gucci come out with that elaborate ass uh, Gucci uh, jacket on. I was like, how cold is it in <laughs> fucking uh, Magic City? And then I realized Gucci said he's come with that fashion. And he was hoping that Jeezy did not come with that goddamn hat. With a jersey on. And the, weird ass no, pants the from shit, the Recession 2 cover. Yeah, shit from the album cover. Yeah, so... My line always was thinking to myself, like, musically, this not this does not make sense. These two make two totally different versions of trap music. Uh, but for terms of spectacle and niggatry, oh, this is the greatest verses you could possibly have. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's get into that, man. And Figgy, we'll start with you, man, because I want to know what you think. Uh, I know I think you I think you said you were a Gucci fan before. I know I know you have any in Gucci. I, I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a fan of both, honestly. I'm not one okay. over the other. So, what were your thoughts watching this versus? I know you and uh, uh, you and Jasmine streamed it uh, live. Your reactions on Facebook. Check that out as well if y'all have it. But uh, so, I want to know what you think personally, man. What, what was your thoughts on the versus? How it went down? The delay? Everything that went into it, man. Well, how'd you feel about it? Um, with the long ass delay, which was like an hour and change of DJing. Yes. At first, I thought somebody backed out. I'm thinking, like, damn, maybe Gucci ain't show up or something like that. Maybe it's some type of paper situation. But um, once they came on, I'm like, oh, shit, they're really in the same room. Like, oh, shit. they. I felt like they was a little too close, honestly. If you watch the whole setup, I felt like that was a little too close. But when Gucci started off, I'm like, okay. 
He played round one. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. Like, never did he just start the verses off with this. And I'm watching Jeezy the whole time. Jeezy just sitting there. He not really looking at him either. So I'm like, oh shit. Because my first, b- before the verses started, I was talking to Jasmine. I'm like, I think maybe they, because Gucci, he released a little video too, running down the hill saying, you know, if he got that shit he got on that cover, if Buddy got that shit on he got on that cover, man, like you need to go home, whatever he said. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking maybe they made up behind the scenes and they joking around cool like that where they could kind of – I'm thinking they trolling us to, you know, tune in and it was going to be cool. But I'm, I seen it. I'm like, nah, these niggas ain't talk. These niggas ain't really meet me. I thought they was. I thought they squashed it behind the scenes and it was good. So when I seen that, I'm like, holy shit! I know Jeezy ain't really agree to this. So I'm like, oh shit! It's about to be a long night, and this is the first song. So um, Jeezy played the intro, or whatever. It was cool, but it, man, that tension was so thick, man. You could cut it with a knife. I, that, that, yeah, it's crazy because I I just seen the uh, I just seen the movie Uncut Gems. And um, when I, t- I tweeted that. that that movie had me so tense, I'm like, man, it, my anxiety was through the roof watching that movie for some reason. But that's how I felt watching this match. This is worse. Yeah, I was like, hold my breath the whole time. I'm like, oh shit, oh shit. But as far as the whole battle overall, I definitely think Gucci dropped the ball on a lot of on a lot of shit just for the simple fact that he played the diss songs. He left a lot of good songs on the table or off the table. So um, as far as the song for song, who won that, it was to me, it was clearly Jeezy because he clearly played his best uh, his best songs. But I think I think Gucci came there with a different motive. I don't think he gave a shit about actually winning the verses. I think he came there to set a point straight saying, look, look, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this my way. So I'm a I'm a rap these diss songs right in your face, and you know, and I won that. <laughs> so I think that was his whole mindset. I don't think he came there to to piece it up, or he came there to actually play the better songs. I think he just came there to make a statement. But overall, I I felt like the verses, it was good. A lot of people saying hip hop needed it. I I don't think I don't think it really changed anything. I think it just gave us a good moment. But it wasn't a thing where they actually pieced it up and now they about to go to the studio or anything. To me, it was just a good moment that we saw them two in the same room and they performed Icy together, so Icy. But outside of that, man, I don't think it's going to change anything. I, I I don't think it was something hip-hop, you know, this, this what hip-hop needed. This is two niggas that don't really fuck with each other. And they just did this versus, and they about to go their separate ways. I don't, I don't think I, I, I kind of disagree with people saying, "Hey, this is what hip hop needed, and we need." The, I don't think they united at all with this. So, what, what do you think? We'll get Brandon's reaction in a second too. But what do, you, what do you think was a bigger hip hop moment? Uh, Jay, uh, Jeezy and Gucci doing so icy at the end of the verses, or Jay Z and Nas coming out on stage together? And doing Black Republican or whatever the fucking song they did at the time. Um, I kind of want, man, I kind of want to say the Icy, man. So Icy. Because 
that's something you would like if you would have told me a couple weeks ago that they will perform that song together. I I would say, man, it, it ain't no way. Like they could be in, they could both be in wheelchairs. You know, at the end <laughs> of their careers, they're not performing that song. Like we would never see them two rap that song. But I, I would probably go with that, man. I, I would probably go with that. I would never, I would have never thought I would see them two rap. Now it was a different circumstance, but. To me, when they played that song at the end of the night, it seemed like the energy kind of changed. Where you know Gucci was in the pop, you you could you could see Gucci light up a little bit when that song came on, and he was dancing a little bit. But to me, just that little part meant a lot for the uh, the whole night. I agree, man. You could tell they love that song too. Still to this day, they should have had Lil Will up there singing too. I was disappointed <laughs> they didn't have that. We needed the "My Chain Hang Down to My Dick." We needed that part in the song, man. But whatever. So, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon, I know you were tapped in, man. I, we, I know you were live tweeting the thing. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on the verses, man? Yeah. All right, so. After we were regaled by some of the greatest um, and latest of Atlanta music, you see Gucci first in that splendid Gucci jacket. <laughs> and I looked at my closet. I said, damn, that jacket is more than everything in this motherfucker, except for maybe these shoes. <laughs> then Jeezy stepped off with the BMF jersey. And I was like, oh, wait, this is happening. This is really, really happening. And then as Fig said, it started off with round one. I was like... <laughs> This is gonna be a short night. This like look, uh, Wiz, uh, you know, y- y'all might want to pack this up early. You know, saying make sure all the COVID tests are straight, because I don't think this is going to last very long. And then, as the night progressed, you realize this ain't no normal verses. To which somebody said, "Is this the same verses that Patty and uh, Gladys Knight was on?" <laughs> and then so I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> blackness is a spectrum," <laughs> which it absolutely is. So. As it, as it came down to it, I started thinking, like, man, a lot of these Gucci records I loved, like, in, like, my post-undergrad, I was really, really getting into Gucci. And then a lot of them Jeezy records took me right back to my senior year of high school and then the opening of college. To this point, I will say this right here. I'm still mad some 12 years later. Not even 12. 14. I take it back. 14 years later. It was the night after Kevin Cobb led UH to a conference championship at Robertson Stadium. Somebody broke in my car at U of H, stole my CD player, which means they stole my inspiration CD. I'm still oh, here. Still mad. And it wasn't even like they broke a window. They opened the door, <laughs> calmly took the CD player out, and then kind of barely closed the door back. That's how was bad your, it was. Was your car unlocked? Maybe, maybe not. You lucky they did was, that because they could crash. It was a 95 Ford Mustang, too. So it was yeah. kind of easy how to get in them hoes back then. Yeah, you lucky they did that because they could have crashed that back window and you would have had to pay a fortune. Yeah, bro. Yeah. So basically, as I knew from the jump, like, look, Jeezy ain't got like Jeezy got enough songs just by playing like TM 101 in occasional free features. He got this, he's wins, right? And I was telling my homeboy, yo, from Atlanta, we were like, he was like, I got a 13-7 Jeezy. I was like, I got it like 12, 8, 11, 9. It's gonna be close. And the some of them Gucci records, I was like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, if Gucci had chosen not to be petty and just played like the hits, like you play Go Ahead, play, um, God dang, he left so much on the table too. 
Swing my door. I was disappointed. He didn't play Swing my door. Swing my door. uh, Gucci bandana. Mm -hmm. uh, Just so many records. Like, I would have. Trap House 3. I would have allowed him to play Breakup with Mario. I would have allowed him. But I would have allowed him to play it for that particular moment, right? So when he did come through and he played records like Lemonade, Pills, I was like, ooh, yes, we're here. And then he decided to play the ultimate trump card, which was the truth. Now, mind you, I knew the truth was going to get played because why else would you make it a single the day of the damn verses? Mm. I was like, yeah. oh, this is a mad man. <laughs> and he performed it with the energy and utmost of a child giving a first major speech at graduation. Like he literally spoke to the ground Talk about dig your dead, dig your dead partner. I bet he can't say shit. And I was like, "Oh God, this is this is this is, this is not gonna happen. This is not gonna happen. This can't happen." Put him in the dirt. In He's the smoking dirt. on Pookie Loke. He's smoking on Pookie Loke. And I was like, "Oh, this disrespect <laughs> was real. Oh shit, no." And then Gucci was full on like defiant, angry, right? Because again, as the B foretells. It's alleged, Jeezy denied this on Church in These Streets, talking about I never sent my homie to do a crash, a crash dummy mission, that Jeezy sent his homeboy to go rob Gucci of his chain. Gucci defended himself, shot his homeboy, and then buried that man behind a middle school. Wait, he actually buried him? Yeah. So I didn't realize that. Yes. I must miss that part of the story. That's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, that man Damn. got buried so thing is everybody's talking about forgiveness and being a bigger man and things of that nature because what happened was really 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 simple Jeezy somehow beat Gucci's biggest trump card I wasn't expecting it to happen but he gave that we supposed to be brothers speech I'm doing this for King Von for M3 I don't know why he could pronounce Mo3 in that moment yeah um and basically, Nipsey. he flipped it to get your mind right. And I was like, yo, that is how you do that. Jeezy won, in a sense. And I literally had to sit back and pause myself. I was like, damn. I was literally listening to get your mind right, leaving the gym on mm-hmm. um, Wednesday. Because there's nothing quite, there's nothing more fulfilling than a preamble to a constitution that goes, I'm the realest nigga in it. You already, you already know. know. Trapping you four Both times, times in, in a row. What they give you? I just can't supply it. They can sell the Throw the card tails. <laughs> in three scales, goddammit. <laughs> so to me, was it a great moment for hip hop? Yes, it was a great moment. Was it as Diddy proclaims the greatest battle he's ever seen? Oh my goodness. No. It was not the greatest battle because if it were the greatest battle, then these niggas would have been rapping diss tracks in front of each other mm-hmm. all night long, which means we would have heard stay strapped if Jeezy wanted to be that way. Mm-hmm. But we didn't. All in all, this was the most viewed versus, not even over the music. It was the most viewed versus because what could possibly happen? And the end of this versus was scripted by two people. And I think you, Ryan, know these people too, too well. It is Tyler Perry and Vincent Candy McMahon. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it all a, a work, huh? It is all a work. If you watch Pro Wrestling, <laughs> you know this was all a work. This was 
This was Survivor Series 98 all over again. Is what yep. it was. You yep. went in thinking animosity, and they switched it on your ass at the last second. Because Gucci screwed Gucci. Because <laughs> 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 as you said, as Fig said, man, they love Icy. That record, even though it's probably one of the worst records in either of their catalogs, as times progressed, <laughs> there's nothing quite like either of their verses and Lil Will's chorus. Because it's so fun. I mean, I got a house around my neck and my wrist don't chill. <laughs> a quarter million? A quarter yeah. million? All I do is talk shit. So I got a couple yeah. hundred grand. Oh, I, I, never, yeah. I never liked that song, man. I don't know. I just never. If I had to pick a song from both of them, I'm not picking that song. Okay. Hey, Fig, I've never told you this, but this literally just came to mind. You remember Fat Al from uh, Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah, we actually, I, we brought him up on this podcast like yep. a, uh, it was a podcast we had Cecil Shorts on, who was from Cleveland. Mm. <laughs> but um, I would like to say this about Fat Al. Thank you for paying homage to Big Mo all the way up and down. Yeah, we talked Big about Mo. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think he kind of just jacked his whole style? Not the he, whole style, but he jacked Charlie Boy. Come on, man. That too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> it was Charlie Boy more so than Big Mo. But yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, I was telling Ryan this. Um, during that time, that's when Houston was hot. When when Fat Al dropped that song, I then came down, yeah. which is kind of sound like a Houston song. Yeah. It it sounds so much like Charlie Boy. It sounds oh yes, yeah. yeah. You know what? Talk about somebody who didn't get their fair share. Charlie Boy. Charlie Boy did not get his fair share. He did. <laughs> Bumble Grill is crazy, man. I was in that song the other day. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but fat out. Um around that time, because Cleveland is like a weird city. Cleveland, we we have a style, but we kind of adapt to what's hot. Just like probably you could probably argue that with any city. But we adapt to what's hot. So during that time, Houston was hot. Houston, Houston was hot. So he made that song, <laughs> and it it it, 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 it it literally blew up. And I hated that song too at the time because it was in Madden. I was like, "What the hell?" It was a shitty, <laughs> it was a shitty ass beat in my opinion. It was simple, and people was literally we we was playing that on a CD. And play, I didn't really fuck with them because they was on the other side of town too, and we kind of <laughs> we we, we kind of had beef with them a little bit. But um, yeah, that song that song was literally all over the place. And when they did the video, LeBron was in the video. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Young LeBron. Young LeBron <laughs> with the triple XL shirts. Yeah. So I got a question though, Fig. Yeah. If Bone Thugs and Three Six Mafia actually had this versus like they talked about earlier this summer when versus were still like, you know, terrible internet and we need both of y'all on uh on at the same time to make it work. Mm. Are you riding with your boys from East Nineteen from East Nineteen Ninety Nine? Oh man, that that's tough because I was more of a Three Six Mafia fan than Bone. Like I mm. always respected Bone, and they of course they had the bigger records, but Three Six Mafia, man, it was it was just something about their production. Like I was, you know, growing up, I was like a beat maker. I was more of a producer than rapper, so mm. I always listened to music with the best beats and the best uh, production. And um, to me, I, I had more Three Six Mafia stuff than Bone. And right. Yeah, yeah so I, I was more of a, a Three Six Mafia person. So I think as far as, like, bigger records, I think Bone would have probably, I guess they probably would have took it. But uh, Three Six Mafia, I, I think they just got so much shit, man, where uh, 
I don't know. My personal opinion, I feel like they probably could have got it. But yeah. a lot of people don't know their catalog, though. I, I, like, uh, I, when I mean a lot of people, I mean people, like, from New York. Like, the East yeah. Coast people. So, yeah. we, we probably would have knew a lot of shit because this is the South. But a lot of people probably not hip to their early album. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Yeah, I, I mean... I think people sleep on Bone Thugs catalog, honestly, yeah. man. Like three six, of course, got the more, especially as time goes on and it gets sampled more and more. People gonna know those songs more, so they're gonna say three six one. But Bone Thugs has some crazy album cuts, man. Like on the first albums, East ninety nine, East nineteen ninety nine album, you can play front to back. Even Art of War, which yeah. people didn't like at the time, that's some crazy songs on it, man. Like, whom die they lie? Crazy shit on that album, man. So, Funny story about uh, Art of War. So, Look Into My Eyes is on that album. Yep. Uh, I remember when we had SmackDown versus Raw. I forget it was 07 or 08. Back when you could, like, actually put, like, custom music on the uh, on players. When Kane come out, we put Bone Thugs Look Into My Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's his team music. Damn. The funny story about that, too, that song was actually on the Batman and Robin soundtrack. Yeah. I don't know why, but I remember I got that soundtrack because at the time I was too young. My mom wouldn't let me buy parental advisory music. So the only way I could listen to rap is to get censored soundtracks, basically. So I got that soundtrack like just for even Batman Forever had the Method Man Riddler song and shit like that. So <laughs> I would have to get soundtracks to hear rap music and that song was on there and I bumped that shit Man. every single day. Yeah, I, I still think my favorite Bone, all my favorite Bone records, I think I made like a mini playlist and one of them is uh, Days of Our Lives from the yeah. Set It Off soundtrack. That's one of my ones. Great song, man. Yeah. People uh, sleep on the catalog. Yeah, man. Y'all keep the conversation going. Apparently my dog is acting crazy, so let me go figure it out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I'll yeah. speak about the verses real quick, man. So so when I went into it, I didn't get to see it live. I had things to do. Um, but I did catch it like the day after. I watched it on YouTube. Number one complaint. If you're going to repost it, don't repost a cell phone video, man. They got enough money. I'm sure they got real cameras there. They need to have a second one with like horizontal view at least so yeah. we could see the entire screen. Because watching it, I couldn't even watch it, man. Like it's a quarter of the screen and you can't <laughs> even see them. I couldn't even see the reactions of Jeezy and Goose. Like they were so far away and it was so small. So, and this was like the official, this is not no bootleg repost, man. This is what Revolt put out. Wow. You know, this is like the official YouTube video of the of the battle. And it's the cell phone view, man. So it's impossible to look at. I, number one complaint, do it professionally, man. If you're going to repost this stuff, like at least have a camera set up that can have the wide view. So when you're rewatching it, it doesn't look terrible. Mm -hmm. So number one complaint is right there. The battle itself, now, I went in way more of a Gucci fan. You know, I saw everybody talk about how Jeezy was going to kill him and, and wipe it out. And I was like, man, Gucci got hits. He got, like, and I fuck with Gucci music more than Jeezy's, honestly. I was never a huge Jeezy fan. I liked his music, but I was never a huge Jeezy fan like some people I knew. So I go into it, man, thinking G Gucci going to kill him. He going to crack jokes. It's going to be funny. I left the battle way more on Jeezy's side, man. I got to say, dog. 
Um, I think y'all brought up the main problems I had with his performance. Number one, Jeezy tried to tell stories with his songs. Yeah. You know, I was hoping for some more behind the scenes stuff on the inspiration and how he made these songs. But at least he had something to say. He was like, you know, remember when I first came out in 2005 or whatever, and I was at Magic City doing my first show, things like that to take us back in time. Gucci was like, just play my next song. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, no, no build up. Yeah, that's why I said earlier. I think no, nope. I think Gucci came in with a different intention. He ain't come in there to tell no stories how he made you know pills or <laughs> street niggas. I think he just came in there for one specific thing is to you know go at Jeezy. I think Jeezy, if Jeezy was going against Ti like it was supposed to go, I think we would have got them stories. Yeah. For sure. And and Gucci is like, but Brandon brings up the point too. Like they were having fun at the end. So now I wonder like if the whole thing was just scripted and Gucci just felt like maybe they had to talk about it because Jeezy knew he even said after a Gucci play truth, Jeezy said that, you know, uh basically, well, Gucci made a comment like he basically would only he said he would only do the verses if they could keep it street. And he could play songs like The Truth. Like he said that during the battle. So Jeezy knew what he was getting into. And I'm sure he had the response worked out to go on to get your mind right. Because like Brandon said, that was a perfect transition. The only way you can beat a song like that is to go to Jeezy's biggest hood hit and get your mind right. So to an extent, it was scripted. But I just wish Gucci came off a little better. I wish he was prepared more. I wish, like, it almost really didn't even seem like he picked his own playlist. You know, he was like, DJ, play my next, all my songs hit, play my next song. They all hits. He played some new songs that were trash, the he, Bruno Mars and Kodak Black song. Yeah, I had a big problem Why would with you that. play that, man? He wanted to prove that he could still make hits. Gucci needs to keep it real with himself, man. He ain't had a real hit in years. And I want to say probably since he'd been locked up, he ain't had like a first day out was a hit because we were anxious to hear some new Gucci music. And he had some bangers here and there, but he ain't had a real hit. Like this nigga collaborated with fucking Mariah Carey, man. Like he ain't never had a hit like that in years, dog. But he wanted to prove the point that he can still make hits. Jeezy was smart enough to leave the new shit out. He didn't play no songs from TM 104. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he knew he knew what people came there to see. Gucci played some new songs that were ass. And yeah. he just did, I don't understand why he did that. Yeah. It, it was a bad decision by him. It was another bad the, the song with Drake both. Like that was a cool song when it came out. Nobody played that song since then, man. Nobody played that song in years. Dog. That ain't no classic song. He could have left that shit off. Yeah, yeah. So I agree, and uh, I agree with you. And my tweet before the match happened was, "Gucci got to stick to the street stuff. Like he don't go into the uh the Swiss song. It's Gucci time." And I I even mm. said, "Don't play Lemonade, man. Like not like like don't go. Just play your street shit that people play." And to me, once he got into once he played the first song, which was round one. I kind of knew where it was going. Just even this energy, when yeah. whenever G Jeezy played like 
Five straight songs from uh he never on the sat down, big. He never sat down. Yeah, he he <laughs> yep. Gucci never sat down. You could tell he was in there for a certain reason. But um Jeezy played like five straight songs from TM 101. And yep. and um when once Gucci said, Man, he playing all these old ass songs, and he said, Play something new, play um Drink in the Sky, play when once he said that, I'm like, nah, he fucking up now, man. Like, mm-hmm. don't switch up the gameplay. Like, stick to the street shit. Like, to me, that's when I knew. I'm like, damn, we not about he he about to miss on a lot of songs because he should not play that Bruno Mars song at all, at all. That was terrible, man. It's yeah. like, and I see what he was trying to do. He was trying to show, like, look, I got current shit right now. Mm-hmm. Like, he playing shit from that old ass album. I got. I got shit that's playing right now. I, I get where he was going, but like I said, versus battle is not about, you know, how versatile you are or what what new shit you got. You you gotta be you gotta have the better song. Play play your best, bring your best 20 songs to the table. Not about how versatile you are. Don't bring this R and B feature and all this other shit. Like play your best 20. What's your best 20? Bring that to the table now. And he he had a different mindset. It, it, exactly. And Jeezy had a new album coming the next day. So if anybody had incentive to play new shit, it would be him. And he even didn't because he was smart enough to realize nobody was going to feel that shit, man. Mm-hmm. Gucci got to realize his new shit ain't street shit, man. It's not the shit. It's not old Gucci, man. We came there to see old Gucci. He tried. It was forced. I don't think he should have played Truth. Like everybody, that was like the most, like I get, you know, social media interactions and all that stuff. I just felt like it put a bad, like it it made him look really just goofy. Like I could, I could, I could be okay with the niggotry as Brandon put it. If, if it was funny, Mm -hmm. but this shit was just uncomfortable, man. Like it was uncomfortable to watch. It was weird to watch Jeezy came off as a guy who was genuinely trying to reconcile and be like, okay, you know, let's just put all this behind us because of all the violence going on in Gucci, a 40 year old Gucci, who's living his best life now living away from the bullshit, drinking kale smoothies, got a six pack now living his best, married with a kid living his best life. And he comes on with some ignorant shit. Like he's still 22 years old, man. It's, it, it made him look bad. It made Jeezy look like the bigger man because number one, he's the one, if anybody had a reason not to do it, it was really Jeezy because Jeezy was the one who was attacked relentlessly. But the fact that he was a bigger man to go ahead and say, man, let's just do it for the culture. And Gucci was like, no, I can't do it unless I diss you to your face and you sit there and take it. And Jeezy still does it. You know, yeah. it, it made Jeezy look like the more mature person the person who's actually grown over time and Gucci had some growth too, but I kind of feel like he felt like he had to act like he did on the verses rather than he really wanted to, because you could tell at the very end when they're after they perform icy and they're talking to each other, you could tell that Gucci really wanted to say something like he wanted to give Jeezy more props, but he was holding himself back because he didn't want to look like a punk online, I guess. So it, it seemed like he actually wanted to show some love, but he was holding himself back because he had to project a certain image. And that's what I didn't like, man. I'm like, y'all, y'all could have kept it real. Y'all, you, you could have, 
came off a lot better. He could have put some preparation into a set list. He could have performed it better. He forgot the words to half these songs. He was just up there bullshitting, honestly. Yeah. I always heard he was a bad performer, but now I believe it. I never saw a live show by him, but I heard he stinks live, and now I see it. He's not a performer, man. He's a good rapper, better than Jeezy, I think, but... Yeah, man, he's not a good performer, and it showed. Yeah, so. that was the one thing I was worried about too, because I've been to a, a couple G or a couple Gucci concerts, and the big thing with him, it's it's kind of tricky because Gucci got a lot of songs, yeah. so it's but so much he could perform in a night. He ain't gonna perform your favorite songs all the time, but uh, the thing with Gucci is you you whenever you go to a concert, you think he gonna perform something. And you end up leaving like, damn, he performed all these new songs. Or mm-hmm. he ain't even performed Pills. He ain't performed Street Niggas. He ain't performed, he ain't performed Make the Trap A. So a lot of people leave with that, you know, mindset. Like, damn, like he performed all his shit. He performed all this new shit for real, for real. And that's the one thing I was worried about too going in, in this verses is, is Gucci is the type of person. You see, you seen it during the verses. He kind of feel himself too much. He tried to show, you know, he he tried to show you that, hey, I got other shit. Play some new shit. Don't play no old shit. Like, that, that's not what the verses is, is about. It's, Let's do a jewelry versus yeah. I got more jewelry than you. Like, God, yeah, who cares, like, man? We like, can't put the music. Yeah, you don't see Monica, you know, and her verses trying to play some new shit. You, you trying to play your classics. And, to be fair. She actually did play some new shit in the verses. She she the, did she did she put it. She got a little um little baby. She did play that. Yeah, record. she did. But, uh, but uh, yeah, she did. I I think it's a reason why she did that. I think I think she was coming up a little short with that twenty. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh no, nah, that's not Monica got twenty. I, I We're not so. gonna revisit that. I, I at think all. so. But <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, I think. My, my I, thing, go ahead, Fig. Go ahead. Yeah, but uh, oh, I want to make a point to the um to Ryan with the um I guess with the verses. G- I, I kind of understand where Jeezy was coming from. I was kind of split down the middle. I didn't mm-hmm. look at Jeezy like, man, he petty. He need to get over this grown because of the situation. Like, just like just imagine, you know, this guy allegedly tried to get you killed or tried to put a hit out on you. And, you know, and he trying to come up and be the better man or the bigger person in that situation. Sometimes some people can't let that go, and clearly Jeezy, I mean, clearly Gucci never let that go because he he did the interview with Charlemagne and said, "Hey man, like I don't look, I don't regret none of that shit, man. He tried to get me, and I put him where he need to be. Like somebody like that, I think Gucci is, I think Gucci is in a good place, but that's how he felt during that time. Like I don't think you could ever change that. I don't think you could ever, you know, change his mind and try to." I guess be kumbaya with somebody that went through that situation. Gucci should realize he brought that energy on himself, man. Like, let's be real about who. Why do you think Gucci had no collaborations to play on the verses? Because he didn't want to? Because people don't collab with him because he's an asshole, man. He's an asshole for most of his career. Ruined all his relationships. He fucking went on tweet rampages talking about Nicki Minaj. His people that he came up with. Throwing them under the bus. Like Gucci was an asshole, man. I'm not but saying you, he deserved to get almost killed, but, but you, he might have. But, you, but you, you got, but you got to look at it though. <laughs> look, I disagree with that because he, all the people you name, he actually 
had a part in their career. Like he, yeah, he he pretty much. Uh, I don't want to say he discovered Nikki, but he kind of put her on to the world, to the South. And, and then he shitted on her for no reason and yeah, said she that, fucked a bunch of niggas that, that, <laughs> on Twitter. That could have been no reason. That could have been a drug, drug dog Gucci. Because after that, he and I want to say he ended up going to jail and he came back out differently. But like he put a lot of he, he put you could argue and say he put a lot of people he put way more people on than Jeezy. I think yeah. he uh, and, and if you listen to the radio now and listen to his music now. That's that kind of came from Gucci, man. <laughs> like you listen to Migos, you listen to even somebody like a French Montana. Like Gucci was part of that. <laughs> so I think I, he, not, I think he did a lot for a lot of people. But I think during the times you were talking about, I think that was a a, a rough Gucci who was you know leaned up, drugged up, and yeah. was just on his rampage. I don't think that Gucci is there now. I think a lot, and and plus, I think a lot of people respect Gucci a little more than Jeezy, especially people in Atlanta. Yeah, if you look at Freddie Gibbs, then you'll probably get (laughs) (laughs) that. So I'll wrap it up by saying this, man, because I did learn, like, what I really learned in this versus is I think Gucci has more hits than Jeezy, but Jeezy has the bigger hits, like by far the bigger hits, man. And when those Jeezy records came on, you felt it in your soul. Like, damn, this is gangster music. This is get your mind right. Like, you felt that. You don't feel that with the, like, Gucci got some songs that go. And he has a lot of them because he produced a, he was on a tear where he would make a new tape every week, basically, man. So he he has plenty of songs, but Jeezy got the bigger songs, man. And Jeezy, I got to call it, man, he destroyed Gucci in his verses, man. Like it really so? wasn't close. I think he's destroyed him, man. Like in terms of the songs he played and the impact that Jeezy had when he when these songs came out versus what Gucci Man played, like it wasn't even comparison, man. Like Jeezy blew him out the water. I so man, I think I think hmm. it I think it depends where you're going with it because if you if you're looking at the actual verses, the music, if you just not focus on you know what they went through or the backstory, if you just Looking at the uh, the songs on the paper, yeah, yeah. I, I would give you that. I would say, yeah, that, you know, yeah, Jeezy clearly won that one. Like, comparing these songs together, yeah, cool. Jeezy got that one. But I, I just think Gucci came in with a different mindset. I, th- I, th- I think Jeezy, I mean, not Jeezy, but I think Gucci came in with a different mindset. I don't think he gave a shit about that. If he did, he would have put all of his best songs in the one. And, in that twenty, does does Gucci even know what his best songs are? Let's I, ask that question first. Does uh, he even know what his best songs are, if, man? If he's putting out a call on Instagram asking fans what song should he play, then I would say no. I forgot about that. Yeah, Gucci don't know what the fuck he recorded, he, man. He got, a, <laughs> but, but look, he got, he but got. Then a, I also think that just, that feeds into the pettiness aspect look, too. Like, he, look, I don't really have to prepare for this. I can ask the fans to pick, and we'd be good. Yes. Yeah, uh, and, and I but, think I think Jeezy is so big headed. With I mean, I keep saying Jeezy, but I think Gucci is so big headed that I I think he really didn't give a shit, man. Because remember, he declined this at first. Yeah, he didn't yeah. want to do this, but yeah. I think he's so big headed uh, with it. That he said, man, all of my shit is better than his. I think he had that mindset. That's true. But here's my question for the both of you. You think Jeannie Mai Shazam all them Jeezy songs that got played tonight? Hell no. 
she had a hand in his outfit for his album cover. That, as far as it goes, <laughs> so I think so Jeannie Mai picked any of these songs. Any of these songs, does like, she, do she know his music? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm asking. Did she Shazam any of them old songs? She don't know Trap no, Die. Because look, here's what here's what I think what happened. Right here's what I think what happened. I think she and she and Jay had a conversation before the verses. It said, "Look, honey, I don't really know much about this young Jeezy character. <laughs> I just now starting to learn about Jeezy, but I need Jay to come out when it's time to mediate and time to defuse the situation." I understand your history with this Mr. LaFleur character. I understand it's a little bit, you know, treacherous. Uh, somebody died, babe? <laughs> I just need for you to just, you know, calmly say, you know, hey, let bygones be bygones. You know, I know his wife's going to be very um, happy about this because she's very much into fashion and very <laughs> interestingly colored exotic vehicles <laughs> but again we just need peace babe you have a podcast coming you have a show on fox soul coming you have all these things do you're not a damn let executive now you're an, ex <laughs> you're an exec back at your old label again hun come on bud <laughs> got this come on i'm not so, even doing I, i'm i can't even do dancing with the stars anymore yeah, she, I think she definitely picked out the outfit for her recession two cover because I can't uh, understand the beret at all. But luckily, he didn't come out with that for the verses. And thank God for the BMW. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that that about rounds up all our yeah. thoughts on the R verses. Real, so real quick, I just want to say um, it, I was a little irritated with people picking sides with the verses. Everybody that's what they do. Look, no, that's what that's I, the whole point I, of it. I, I'm, tell, I'm telling you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Because right. you had remember during the Brandy and Monica versus people was shitting on Brandy like, oh yeah, she fake and oh yeah, Monica energy, yeah, she's dissing her, yeah. I'm I'm doing my I like Monica's energy better. But then turn around and come to this versus people say, oh Gucci, yeah, he's so petty, he need to grow up and yeah. Jeezy said, I got real estate. Yeah, he's on a grown man shit. And I don't know why Gucci <laughs> just don't get over this at all, man. Gucci need to grow up. Like, come on. Like, you can't the be. Internet, you can't the internet be, is going to internet. Thing. Yeah, you, you know can't that. have Monica. How you going to have Monica energy, which Monica was sitting there act, acting like she ain't want to be there. She ain't want to be cool and all this other shit. But then you turn around and shit on Jeezy for having that energy times 10. <laughs> Man. <laughs> you mean Gucci had that energy? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, people, it is what it is. My, yeah. my comment about the verses, though, the format itself, they got to change it up sometimes, man. 20 songs is too much. I and feel like this verse is... Like, damn near... Hold up. If I look at this, this playlist correctly, right now on Apple Music, yeah. mm -hmm. these two played 49 songs. In other words, they almost went 25 rounds. Wait, yeah. did they? I yeah. thought it was only twenty. They, Maybe no, I'm. It's, it's, it's supposed to be twenty. They they went past that. Oh damn! Yeah, and the thing so, is, because remember the format was like after ten, then you go twice, yeah. and then yeah, but it wasn't even that, man. I think they was just letting them go, and Gucci was performing like the whole diss songs. It wasn't like the ninety seconds. Like yeah. he performed the whole song for round one. Both verses, I was like, oh. Yeah, he performed the whole song for Truth. Like mm -hmm. that's not part of the verses and, deal. And if you remember, 
he backdoored after they made a quote unquote peace with another Jeezy tip. Yeah. Yeah. The funniest part to me. And guess what 745 is? Another dissing Jeezy. Yeah. The, the funniest one to me was probably uh, how Gucci couldn't control himself when Jeezy played, uh, what was it called? That song with Bankroll Fresh, All There. Oh, All um, There, yeah. Gucci couldn't even, he had to dance. That song is too hype, man. It is. Even and Gucci couldn't even help Gucci had to joke. He's like, he R.P. Bankroll, you better thank him. Better thank him. He got he you, he got you, you on get that on that one. one. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Gucci was there strictly to be entertainment, dog. I think yeah. Gucci's energy all night was about being a character. Being yeah. the character of Gucci Mane, which we were like, dang, is the fat Gucci and the clone Gucci having a war inside his body like Sherman? <laughs> yeah. Pump, nutty professor? Because it's yeah. that way. I, I but think, in I, all honesty, I'm, I'm, just, I'm glad. Look, am I glad it happened? Kinda. Am I thrilled that I don't like to think about it anymore? Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. now we, because again, the day after versus we start getting all the other new hypothetical matches we quote unquote need, like, 50 versus game and i'm like i don't know yeah like, again, real quick before we get the yeah like it was months ago when they were going back and forth on instagram that's i want to see <laughs> yeah real quick be- wayne? no because that's what that's wayne went all day yeah before we get off this versus conversation i want to get you what are some matches y'all would like to see that will probably never happen never like never happened. Like I never thought this would happen, uh, uh, Gucci and Jeezy. But that what are, been, yeah, what are some? I, I threw I threw one. this one out here. I don't think this was what happened, but I threw out Trey and Zero. Yeah, that's not that gonna happen. Th- Number one, the like Houston would care about that nationwide. But come on, man. Yeah, no, no. I'm just and twenty about, songs by both of them. No, like, I, no, yeah. I'm just, no, I'm, I'm just like, what are like. yeah, what are some ones that you'll be like, damn, like this would be good, but this, like, hell no, this ain't happening. Fifty Cent, Jaru, that's not happening. Jay and Nas ain't doing it because just because they too big to do it, mm-hmm. so that's not gonna happen. Um. Anything else that's not like I think there's really not that many like that Sierra I can think of. Who? Sierra and Rihanna. Well, Rihanna's not doing it regardless. She's yeah. way too big. Sierra, Sierra could do it. She's not she, big. And she, she could do it. Rihanna's way too big to do that shit. Because uh, if you do recall Petty Rihanna back in like the early <laughs> yeah. talk about good luck booking that stage you speak of. Yeah. Ah oh, man! I, I, but then again, you're asking me how to do something with music too. That's like, ooh, that's a little tough. <laughs> What's up? I'm I, that. I ain't gonna lie, Rock. I kind of disagree with you on the Jay Z and Nas thing. I think that's more possible to happen now, because I think the verses got bigger than Instagram. I, I, I could, I could see, and plus, Tim and Swiss is both. They're both cool with Nas and Jay Z. I'm not saying it will happen, but I don't think that's totally off the table. I. I I can see them getting them to to do something. I, I you know how much the, money you have to pay ever, Jay to get on Instagram? That's the like that's the thing. Um, Jay Z is not going to do something where somebody else reaps most of the benefit. If he if this happens, it would not be called versus. It would be a title exclusive called something else. Jay versus Nas, one night only, or something like that. No, I, no, it would not be on versus on Apple Music at all. No, like I I. I just think it could happen. I think with them being cool with Swiss and Tim, 
I think they 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 will work something out. If it's possible, if Jay Z says possible, but it's on my terms, I think they can work that out, man. Because that will be huge. I think they I, even if Jay Z get a piece of it or Nas get a piece of it, I think I think it's possible, man. I'm not saying it will happen, but I'm not shooting that out the door. I would say that will happen more than a Fifty Cent and Ja Rule. I think I think it's more Ooh, possible. Okay. I think it's more possible than what people think. I don't think it's a hell no like that. That shit would never happen. I I think they would be more open to it than uh, Fifty Cent would be open to uh, going against Ja Rule. I, I disagree. Mm. I, I I I just feel like Fifty would do it just for the fuckery. Like especially after seeing Gucci Mane. Yes. Like, like look, I gotta top this dude in terms of yes. Like, yeah. 50 would do it. Jay, Ja Rule probably hard up. He, this motherfucker performing at halftime shows to zero applause. Ja would do it just for the money alone. So 50 and Ja will definitely I dis- do it. See, I dis- Jay and Nines, I just feel like they're too big. For I it. disagree with that. I think I think Ja Rule want to do something like that because he ain't got nothing to lose. He's not really hot. And that's that's what I said. I, know, I said I, Ja wants to do it. Yeah, Ja would want to do a battle. I, I don't think 50 Cent want to for other reasons. I think he rather I, – I, first, I think – I don't think he'd really look at Ja Rule as a big artist like that. I feel like he, he threw out game. He'd rather do game. But I think I think it's more 50 Cent Maybe. Uh, for personal reasons why he wouldn't do that. Maybe, man. I don't know. I just feel like the way 50 Cent engage in fuckery, that would be perfect for him. Plus, he would take the opportunity to promote – Whatever he, all these shows he got going on, all this liquor he's selling, like the views alone, I think he would value that as a businessman. But I could be wrong, man. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. My one, my my one. I know that's probably not going to happen. Is going back to like the essence of what Versus was at the beginning, which was, hey, you bring your twenty hits, you tell stories in between of those twenty hits. Give me Dr. Dre versus Pharrell. That'd be crazy. Well, they need to bring it back to the producers, man. J- Dr. Dre paying alimony now because this motherfucker is about to lose half. I've heard you heard he's making a new album, right? Yeah, Apparently, I've heard it. <laughs> he, he's back now because this motherfucker about to lose half of everything. So <laughs> Dre should do it now, man. It, it's time. He gonna get it back yeah, for it. Initially, I was like, would it be Dre versus DJ Quick for the sake of the West Coast? But I'm like, mm, I don't know what that would. Because again, you have to think about it. When they come up with these matchups now, they're thinking of like how many people will actually watch. Exactly. And you know, Brandy and Monica, that's R&B, that's R&B beef and dramatics and drama. So people are definitely gonna watch. Jill and Erica was that, you know, that one not because of drama, but more because of how people appreciate the both of them. So that was strictly off music and just love and just like you know everything. This is pretty off drama. So I think if you find a matchup that makes sense in terms of music and the musicality aspect of it, I mean, the numbers may not be as big, but for people who give a shit about music like you two do, like I do as well, give me Dre and Pharrell or hell, give me JD and Puff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Puff should do it, man. I don't know why Puff he hasn't done. If you sponsoring, if you sponsoring it with Sarat, baby, you might as well just pull up. I think, I think, I think Puff will eventually do it. I think he's just waiting on the right moment and probably the right price. But I think he will do it. I think he will be more open to do it. Yeah, those those songs that he 
fake produce, he can act like he actually had a hand in. So hey man, he might play come with me the uh the Led Zeppelin flip. <laughs> oh my god. Probably the worst song of all time, man. <laughs> I was just talking about that Megan song. No, that shit was awful. I remember that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna bite you. Can't stand nobody like you. Uh, I'm <laughs> so I think that wraps it up for the verses, man. I think we all enjoyed it for what it was. Real quick, uh, we got to jump back. I don't know if y'all heard the actual Jeezy album. I tried, man. I, I got about three songs in, but I want to know what y'all think. Did you, did you enjoy it, Brandon? I did. I really, really did. I think it's, uh, you know, it's not as hype as other Jeezy albums, so to speak, but he's rapping. He definitely doing some good, some some decent ass rapping on this, and that little that slow like deliberate flow he has now. Um, the features are pretty strong on there. Uh, I still find it utterly hilarious that I, I misspoke earlier when I said it was uh, Ty Dolla Sign on the the Demi Lovato record of them flipping the SOS band. That is actually Lil Duval singing. Oh damn! Yeah, that's Lil Duval on that record. Uh, the joint he got with Ross with them hard ass drums at the end. Oh yeah. That's a that's one of the ones. Uh, I like the production. It's like a lot of mix of Don Cannon is involved in it. Justice League's involved in it. So no, it's a really solid project. It's a really really good project. Like no gas. Okay, okay, Thicky, you get the chance to hear it. Yeah, I did, and uh, I I thought it was a solid project too. To me, this is the Jeezy album I thought I would get last project. Because he did the, uh, I want to say he did the TM one oh, was it one oh five? I forgot what album it was, but he tried to bring the, yeah, yeah, he tried to bring the old Jeezy back. Remember we talked about it on the podcast, and it sounded like it was oh mm-hmm. six oh seven, and at that point, like we older now, we we not in high school, so I kind of didn't, I, I kind of didn't like it for the simple fact that I'm not trying to hear this. I feel like Jeezy can get into his grown man bag on the album now. We we want to hear older G. We don't want to hear about the the bricks and all this other shit that he was talking about in 06. So uh, to me, this is actually- I would say, yeah, no, I say it's in a line with- um, The recession hell, one? <laughs> it's almost in line with Lil' Kiki, self-made three. Mm. Like they're both in a grown man space, and it's just really, really um dope, enjoyable. Yeah, it's not too heavy. It's not too much. It's shorty red. It's like great production. Justice League. We mentioned that. I got a lot of you. Huh? <laughs> one song is. Yeah, one song for shorty red is cool, but like that last album, it was way too much, and you had to be in the going out or ready to fight type of mood to listen to that shit. But to me, this one is great. ready to fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to hear gangster music when you want to fight. <laughs> but um, I just think I just think this album is what Jeezy Lane should be now. More grown. I, I'm not saying this is a 444, but to me, this is grown. This is grown Jeezy. And I, I appreciate this more than um, the last one he put out. Okay, well, I, I trust y'all's take. So if y'all say it's good, I'm gonna check it out. Um, I just maybe I just wasn't in the mood. I didn't think production was all that great on the first few songs, um, and, and maybe I was just in an ignorant mood after seeing the verses and all the classic Jeezy songs. 
that, you know, this motherfucker talking, you know, political shit. I'm like, eh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'd rather him do that than try to act like a 40 year old trap star at this age. But I got to listen to it again. And the cover threw me off too. the cover is terrible. Yeah. The beret is awful. Did you? And I don't um, know why is nigga. Who, did you? Uh, did you ahead. at least listen to Therapy for My Soul with the uh, the Freddie Gibbs? I did hear that. I, he finally brought up Freddie Gibbs <laughs> <laughs> after so long. He finally addressed the Freddie Gibbs thing as well as Fifty Cent. Um, I'm surprised Freddie Gibbs hasn't responded yet, seeing as how he's been on Jeezy's ass for responding on the song years now. Or Twitter. Because he definitely responded on uh, Twitter. He responded on Twitter, yeah. But I'm surprised Freddie Gibbs ain't dropped a track. You know, he, he should have hit Mad Lib up and said, hey, <laughs> give me something real quick. Because <laughs> I feel like, you know, really, Freddie been picking on Jeezy for a while. He's mm. been dissing him for a minute. And Jeezy never said anything. So now, finally, Jeezy responded. And it's like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's this beef has been over for so long, like, both of them should drop it. I felt like Freddie should have dropped it. He's been talking about it still. He, I don't really care about it. Like, y'all, y'all could let that shit go. So, <laughs> it is what it is. But did you have any thoughts about that diss track? Did you think it was anything to write home about? I think the I think the song overall was good. Um, I, I, I don't want to say it's a diss track, but it was a shot. It was, he, he threw a shot yeah. at 50 Cent, too. I don't, I don't know if 50 Cent was talking about him or something. But... Uh, <laughs> It was over some BMF stuff. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Okay, they were, arguing, they were basically going back and forth over the BMF um, allegiances, so to speak. Like, who was down for BMF more? Because Fitz is doing the TV show, and uh, you know, Jesus was actually with them niggas, and it's like, mm. I don't know who. I don't know why we're fighting about this, but <laughs> so anything is possible. Um, you know. Okay. So yeah. you know, at this at this point, I think like a lot of the releases that came out with me, Meek's EP, um, the Baby's EP, uh, St. John's album. Like I did a lot of a lot of <laughs> listening to music over these last forty eight hours just to prepare for this. Just to prepare for this. That's uh, good. Well, now we have no time to talk about that shit. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but, we, you know, that was pretty much the week, man. The week was dog geared towards Meg and in the verses and somehow us watching Georgia uh, once more start a final election to now Joe Biden is now trying to get Rick Blair numbers in the time he can win an election. Yeah. It's mother- okay. So let's address this real quick. Why is this motherfucker asking for more money? All right. So, <laughs> the jig is up. The jig right. is up. So, what the it, fuck is going on here, man? Again. Oh, church pastor ass Joe Biden <laughs> hey, over here. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so here's the one joke I got off of, right? Creflo Biden. I mean, I mean, look, yesterday was his birthday, so he dropped the GoFundMe, you know, his cash out. Hey, man, it's my birthday. <laughs> but no, okay, so here's what happens, right? Whenever you win an election and it gets certified, the transition team, there's a whole section in the budget for the transition team to like, okay, look, now that you've won and now that you are soon to be the new, um, setting up this new government, we give you the public funds to go set this up. Well, since the, you know, the current administration is being some hoes about this entire election process, they holding up the money. So what it is that is like, okay, look, we're asking the public to donate money to Basically, we're going to try to fight this in court for this people to like, yo, 
if y'all don't if y'all don't stop being petty about this shit and give these people what they need in order to start this government up again and help people out come January, because that's pretty much all it is. It's them asking for money not to, you know what I'm saying, start the actual administration, but rather, look, we just need lawyers just to make sure this, this goes right. And my line of thinking was that, like, hey, bro, ain't y'all got like a whole like yes. from the Democratic wealthy in- investors and people on your team. Yeah, millions like, of dollars. <laughs> millions of million millions of dollars. Millions and millions of dollars. So <laughs> I think what it is is basically it works two ways. It basically alerts people to say, hey, this is another form of government that you didn't necessarily know about, but now you're gonna know about it because you know the current administration has opened up all the doors and all the back channels for you to learn about your government, how your government really works. But sadly, we're gonna do it in a you know a GoFundMe type way. Yeah, I'm just not down with it, man. Don't ask us for more. Don't ask us for shit, man. It's like you having a birthday party and then the next week you have an anniversary and you want people to pitch in for that too. <laughs> nah, man, we, we done with that. But uh, we got a couple more things to talk about, man. Um, we got to discuss this, uh, the Fresh Prince reunion. It aired on HBO Max, which I found out comes free with my parents' cable subscription. So I oh, went ahead and lucky got bastard. that. So, <laughs> so I was able to watch it yesterday, man. Um, and, and this was filmed a while ago. I want to say at least a year ago. I remember it being a big story about them finally reuniting, but it, it just disappeared. I was wondering if it was going to be on TV, on NBC or what. Uh, mm-hmm. It went away for like a year and then it finally came up. They announced a few a while a few months ago it was gonna air on HBO Max near Thanksgiving. It aired um, very good, very emotional. But I wanted to get you guys takes first. Um, we'll start with you, Figgy man. How did you feel emotionally <laughs> when you uh, when you watched this Fresh Prince? Put yourself in a red table talk right now <laughs> and tell us how you felt while watching this reunion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that part <laughs> tell us how you felt watching this reunion man um i i, I kind of got emotional it's it's good because uh fresh prince is one of my favorite shows i could watch that show right now and still laugh like i never seen it but it was good to see all of them i of course i got emotional to the uncle phil part the james avery part and um just the way they edited that he fe- it felt like i was watching my dad like that was really my father, and yeah. with him playing a powerful father on that show, they just had all these clips from you know the actual show, where he he really seemed like their father, and we really lost our father type of thing. So I got a little emotional on that part, and then uh, when the um, Janet uh, was it Janet I, I forgot her last name Hubert I think Huber, yeah when Janet Hubert part came on. I kind of got a little emotional on that too, man, because when she kind of shared her when she shared her part, I I kind of I kind of understood where she was coming from because during that time it, it I, I I guess I just realized it was Will Smith that kind of painted the narrative of her being hard to work with. But um yeah, she she was down there she was really blackballed for real because she never really played in nothing else. And um and once she gave the backstory to her situation, um, saying how she was pregnant, which I didn't know she was really pregnant during that time. I thought that was just part of the show. But her um saying how she was pregnant, she was in an abusive marriage and 
she had a lot going on, and I guess um, they offered her this sh- a shitty contract, and that's the reason she was gone. I didn't know that part either. I thought she, I thought she was pretty much kicked off the show, but um, yeah, to, I, I, it it kind of got a little emotional because they haven't talked in like what twenty seven years. Yeah. So that was that was really good. That to me, that was the beef that that was the beef that was for the culture to me. The to the end the culture or the end the beef. To, yeah, yeah, because that's something I never thought would happen. I never thought they she would be cool with them again. And I'm not I'm not quite sure when this um, reunion was aired because a couple months ago when they teased this um, this this reunion, she was shitting on the reunion. She was like, oh, people keep asking me why, you know, people Photoshop me being part of the reunion. I ain't talked to nobody. Yeah, she was shitting on it a couple months. Like, I want to say it was early on, uh, earlier this year. She was shitting on it. So I'm like, man, like the reunion, I was, I think I might have been on this podcast saying this, but I was saying how it wouldn't be the same if she wasn't part of it. And, um... I want to say months later, then she ended up posting pictures saying she's going to be part of it. And I, I want to say this was around the time where HBO uh, Max announced the partnership of, you know, of the reunion, that mm-hmm. they was going to play the Fresh Prince and all that stuff on HBO Max. But um, it was good that they made up, that they all took a picture together, and her and Will Smith actually talked about it. So I, I really enjoyed it. It's good seeing them. Um yeah, it, it was good seeing both both Aunt Vivs taking the picture together, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize they never met. <laughs> usually in Hollywood, yeah, usually that in part. Hollywood, <laughs> a lot of people come across each other, but um, yeah, um, uh, Daffy says she never met never met her before, so that that was kind of a shocker too. But I I really enjoyed it, man. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a beef I, I didn't think we'd see resolved either. So what was less likely, Gucci and, and Jeezy or, or Will Smith <laughs> and Janet? I don't know, man. They're close. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, Janet was shitting on Will for decades now, man. She had been man. saying the worst things about she, him. She, it seemed like she still wanted a little smoke when they was talking one-on-one. <laughs> she was you just understand. Like, you had no idea what I went through. Yeah, yeah. Will she, Smith just like, hmm. <laughs> like he honestly ain't know what to say. <laughs> he's he's just nodding his head like, mm, yeah, lying you lying bitch, but I can't say anything. <laughs> yeah, it you, didn't really go down like that, you, but okay. You label so Brandon. Yeah, you label. Uh, go ahead. You label me the uh, difficult to work with, and that's hard. And <laughs> a black woman. She broke the black woman card. Yeah, a dark skinned black woman. She, at that. she wanted Ooh. that man. She wanted yeah. that smoke. You asshole, Will. Uh, so, Brandon, what were, what were your thoughts on this, man? I know you watched this as well, man. How did you feel about it? One, I was quite thankful that they dropped it on Wednesday as an early release. So at least I didn't have to, like, think about – I had to think about it during verses on Thursday. So I was like, oh, you, you got to help clear my schedule. Perfect. Thank you, Will Smith. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, as I watched it, I just got, like – I was real hyped for one because I was like, man, this definitely brings me back to watching this show when I was a kid. And I forever will say that I love the Fresh Prince more than I did Martin. Did you like the Fresh Prince more than Martin, Skip? Because, damn, you all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved the uh, Fresh Prince more so than Martin, mainly because Martin felt like a cartoon, and then uh, the Fresh Prince felt like a show, 
right? Like there's lessons and there's emotional like situations going on, things like that. Plus, everybody that said, "Oh, we dating," I'm dating Will Smith right now in this show was bad than a month. <laughs> if I if we were to run down the list, Stacey Dash before she was crazy, yeah, Williams, Queen Latifah played two characters on the show, Vivica Fox, Tyra Banks. I, I could keep, oh, shoot, at least Neil, uh, Pam Greer. Like, it literally did not stop. It was an avalanche of fondness on that show. And I was like, yo, yes. yes. <laughs> so that was emotional. Then again, like Biggie said, in terms of Uncle Phil, it's like you're literally watching somebody who you thought of in one way, but as you grow with the show, you grow into like understanding why he did why he did the things he did it was like oh snap right because again it's more like a father it's more like james avery became the um the tv dad you thought bill cosby actually was but no that's really uncle phil uncle phil is the greatest tv dad of all time until you get this old dude from uh this is us he, he may take the spot right now but <laughs> other than that is uncle phil right so for them to hit us back to back with the uncle phil tribute and then him to say yeah we can't celebrate this without janet it's like Oh, you try to get all my emotions. Right that was now. one, two. One, yeah, two, bro. And then the funny thing about it was they had a whole, uh, they had a whole like mini Red Table Talk episode about that part of the Yeah. And I was, and then they got really deep into it. And I was like, yeah, if anybody knows how to monopolize the, the healing aspect of it, it is Willard Smith Jr. He knows yep. exactly how to monopolize the shit. He, he preempted the cancelization because he knew people were going to dig up what he said in the past. So he already put himself on the red table talk <laughs> right before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right when it dropped. Yeah, man. So that was that was definitely one of the ones. Like, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to watch it again anytime soon. But for them to kind of go through that last season and you see how emotional that last season was because they did like the behind the scenes shots, like how like those last few scenes they shot and Will's like legit crying. It's not even like play crying. This is like real tears. And it was like, just, I'm shocked, you know what I'm saying? There wasn't a spot where they brought, they talked about all the different uh, guest stars that came through. And how impactful it was. I know they talked about the fashion. They talked about the crowd, and you know, Jazz being so emotional. He literally like stopped. He about to say he filmed his last scene, left, drove his ass all the way to the airport, and flew back home. I was like, yo, hmm. that's when you know it's over. It's like, right. So it was, it was necessary. It was necessary healing, and you know, I think HBO Max is kind of getting in their bag now in terms of exclusive content. Um, because you know, not only do they get all the HBO shows when they just drop, but they get the HBO movies. They got DC, DC Universe. Um, they got Harley Quinn on there, which is probably the best cartoon. I agree. Like no best Batman. since Batman, the yeah. animated series. It's really Batman good. Out. Um, or Justice League, actually. Oh, oh yo, you forgot Justice League. Yeah, best since Justice League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then hell, they're gonna run now. They run a, a Nicki Minaj docu series pretty soon. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Well, the barbs are going to be enjoyed about that one. So no, fuck, yeah. fuck that. Uh, Wonder Woman, a new one. Is oh yeah, straight to HBO yeah. Max, man. Yeah, <laughs> Christmas Day, Christmas yeah. Day. Uh, you- I ain't got to leave the crib. Nothing. Like, oh, we gonna watch uh, Wonder Woman today? Let's do that. <laughs> you gotta hook us up with that password, brother. <laughs> my my seven day trial Boy. about to end this week. <laughs> hey man, I had so many people. Uh, 
in my DMs talking about how you get it early. I'm like, I didn't do nothing special. Like, I didn't look through my TV. <laughs> and it was like, well, I'm trying to hit it up through Roku. And I'm like, well, HBO Max ain't got the deal with Roku yet for you to be getting that type of stuff. So, yeah. Wait for them. Yeah, it was it was good. It's funny because I I tried to hit up the, the dark skin that Viv a couple months ago. Try to get I you know I I slide I try to slide in everybody DM to try to get them on the podcast, but um she DM me back not probably a couple days ago with the link to the watch party for the Fresh Prince. Wow. Yeah, I was weird because she never responded to my um message, which was months ago. But um, yeah, she sent me the link for the watch party. I'm like, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm like, damn. I'm like, okay, I I, I liked it. I, I I didn't know you had it in like that, Fig. You, you, I, yeah, Fig, you got connections now, Fig. I, <laughs> I wish, man. I wish, but yeah, I'm like, shoot, man. Let me let me try to get her back on again. But, <laughs> hey, you might get some this time, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, so my thoughts on it, basically the same as y'all's. I thought it was really good, really well produced, um, real emotional, of course. Uh, to the Martin and Fresh Prince debate, I do think the highs of Martin were way higher than the best episodes, the funniest episodes of Fresh Prince. But Fresh Prince was consistent way longer yeah. than Martin. Martin fell the fuck off a cliff, especially when... The yeah, sexual allegations the came yeah. out. Gina couldn't be in the same room with him, so she had to be on another island or whatever the fuck she was. The show fell off after that. Yeah, it but did. You're not talking yeah. about season five of Martin. That is, yeah, season five was that awful. That is, that but, is wrong. You don't talk about season five of Martin. <laughs> but I think the funniest episodes of Martin are better than the funniest episodes of Fresh Prince. But Fresh Prince did have the more serious moments. That didn't come off as corny, so there's that yeah. too. So yeah, the fr- both great shows. Fresh yeah. Prince was more of a complete show. Martin, it was. Martin was to me. Martin was more improv. It was more like a sign. I guess like a Seinfeld. It, mm-hmm. it, it, like if you ask somebody what was the plot for Martin, you could you really couldn't explain what the plot was. But Martin uh, got in some shit and then no, had to do no. something. Yeah, you, you can you, explain <laughs> the plot of Martin. You can explain the, the plot of Martin in 2020 terms. Real simple. The plot of Martin is almost every single Twitter debate you've ever seen on that timeline. In yeah, basically. Actual form. Yeah, and that's it. Like, <laughs> that, that's I can it. easily break this down to you. Just think about it like this, Vic. You have a guy who's a loudmouth, just talks a whole bunch of shit, is currently dating a woman who is out of his league, completely out of his league. He basically wiped upwards, right? There are conversations about a dark-skinned woman being mm-hmm. as fine as a black as a, as a light-skinned woman. There is your ancient friends. There is a concept of who owns what in the household, and there may not be a conversation about two hundred-dollar date, but there's definitely conversations about hey, if somebody steals from you, how are you supposed to feel? Right? Are you supposed to just chase them around with a dog, sit them all down, get your shit back? Mm-hmm. Or are you supposed to talk enough shit that you wind up in a in a mythical boxing match or a mythical? <laughs> match? I, can, I bet you I can whoop Tommy Hearns' ass. And guess what? Tommy Hearns then pulled up on you, and now you got to deal with it. Yeah. There's a trans woman. Yes, very 2020. There's a, there's definitely there's a trans woman. There is a convers there's a conversation about I'm gonna say oh what celebrity have, has has hit you up in your DMs, kid. Uh, <laughs> a lot of different things, bro. There's a lot about Martin that is related to 2020 because, again, Martin is the ultimate Twitter nigga. <laughs> you should make an article on this, man. I could tell you yeah. put some thought into that. 
<laughs> you should write that one up, man. I yeah. think Tom, I would enjoy that that's one. That's interesting. It's funny because, like, when you look at the Fresh Prince, it's, if somebody asks you what the Fresh Prince is about, all you got to do is say it's about a troubled teenager from Philly who mm-hmm. moved to Bel Air <laughs> with his rich aunt and uncle to, mm-hmm. you know, try to better his life. That's right. the plot. <laughs> exactly. And then you over really, time, once, yeah. he, once the, the rich aunt it, it, is now becomes a mother, she loses all her uh <laughs> she loses all her um Pigments. all the individuality that makes her her, which is hey, she's a teacher, she is uh, a damn good professor, a great dancer, all that. Nope, she's now reduced to being a mother. Yeah, they killed on Vid, but then I mean yeah. they, they they made that choice. So yeah, yeah, if I, you go back and look at like Daphne Maxwell Reed's like actual history, A, she's fine. Like she's a baddie yeah. if you want to you go back in the gap and look, right? But then it's like her own activism is pretty damn great and pretty damn high. Plus, I didn't realize she'd been married to Tim Reed for years. But since 1982. For years. Damn. Yeah. Like, I was like, yo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I feel like she get unfair criticized for um being on the Fresh Prince. Yeah, man. bro. She wasn't, she wasn't too bad. She wasn't the darker Aunt Viv, but she did okay. She did okay because we still watch the show. The show didn't fall off a cliff, and they clearly replaced her. So I, I feel like she get criticized thing, a little too much, but she, I think she did. A, I think she did okay because if you look at other replacements in sitcom history, a, a lot of times you didn't even realize it. Just like you know, for, uh, Family Matters, I didn't realize they replaced um, Harriet for a long time. Maybe maybe because I was younger, but I feel like the show kind of kept. Oh rolling. yeah, they did that. Yeah, I feel like the show kind of kept rolling. Yeah. Well, the thing, those are similar in that by the time Aunt Viv was replaced, the show had become the Will and Carlton show. Mm-hmm. No, same thing with Family Matters. That became the Urkel show. People yeah. called it the Urkel show. People didn't even know it was called Family Matters. It was like, you watching Urkel tonight? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, at that point, even if the original Aunt Viv stayed, she would have had a reduced role because the 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 comedy was centered around Will and Carlton hijinks at that point. It wasn't about the rest of the cast, really. I mean, they had their moments, but it was reduced. So overall, I, like I said, I thought it was very good. One one weird thing I saw that nobody really talked about was the 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 way that the show was created. What <laughs> what the fuck kind of party were they at, dog? My mind went instantly to creepy Illuminati orgy. Because there, the way he tells the story, okay, he goes to Quincy Jones' house. Quincy Jones having a party, and every NBC executive that's involved with approving shows is there too. And so he has an audition right there, <laughs> and his ass can't act. So what the fuck kind of audition before they put him as the face of a show on primetime TV? <laughs> I Nobody was so weird. It was weird, and then you, and then I think the the scene that kind of had me, my mom blown, right? So remember when Don Cheadle was guest starring, and Don Cheadle yeah. was obviously a superior actor, and he fell in love with Hillary. So I'm looking, you, that's like you zoom in on Will, and Will's mouthing Don's lines. I'm like, yes, oh, <laughs> I never noticed that. Yeah, never noticed that, and I've seen that episode a a, a, a number of times. I never, I was like. Yo, wait a second. Now you can't not see it, man. No. Yeah. <laughs> and now I may have to go back that whole first season because it's all on HBO yeah. Max now. And like, yo, 
how often did you do this? He did it a lot, man. He, That's crazy. Because man. I, I knew about the him um memorizing everybody's lines. I didn't know it in that episode, but the earlier episodes, he was doing it a lot. You you can even look at his just look at his eyes and he kind of like nodding a little bit, saying their lines for real. But that one, that one was clear as day right there. That's insane that he, he got a show without having, and it's not like he was the biggest rapper at the time. He was pretty big, but he wasn't like Drake level, you know? <laughs> so the fact that he had no acting experience and got his own primetime show on NBC, mm-hmm. Illuminati sex party, man. That's where I'm at. <laughs> it was a creepy Illuminati sex party. Oh, he got initiated. I, look, I still want to get, I still want to get to a point in life where I get to go to a Quincy Jones party and live to tell the tale. <laughs> You're going to come out different, man. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I thought the same going to Prince's house. And guess what? You're damn right. I came back different. <laughs> and Prince wasn't you... even there. Wait, what? Okay, now you got to tell that story. What happened? How'd you all, right, so, all right. So I went to Paisley Park last year. Last September, I went to Paisley oh, wow. Park. Um, first off, when you get there, you got um, to turn on your phone. So you can't like take pictures and then like that. Um, when you walk in, there's an atrium. There are doves in the actual atrium. Mm. Occasionally they may sing, but there are doves in the atrium, right? Wow. Every room in Paisley Park has a theme. There's a controversy room. There's a dirty mind room. There's an old office that he used to have and an office plays an interview with him and Tavis Smiley. There is a remodeled basketball court strictly just for the purple rain memorabilia there's the there's the there's the sign of times room there's so much and then like there's a whole back hallway dedicated to all of his grammys and all of his awards oh wow and then there's a entire sound stage that once was usually where he films all of his at-home concerts and then somebody was actually filming a concert there that night. It was the first time somebody had filmed a concert there since he died. But there happened to be his, a lot of his wardrobe, like a lot of his suits, a lot of his whips, and they were able to fit it all into the soundstage. That's how big this damn soundstage is. Damn. And there was like a whole, there was a whole corner where he used to play some of his like select concerts for like select fans. And everywhere you go in Paisley Park, there's a painting of his eyes as a kind of inside joke to say, I'm still watching you. Damn. Regardless if I'm here or not, I'm still watching. So then you go to the sex dungeon and then you see the, the yeah, board. Yeah, I think they kind of had that part hold off because <laughs> the, the infamous elevator, like they're not, they're not yeah. going to do that part. But, yeah. you know, the diamonds and pearls room. Yeah, <laughs> there are aspects of that house. It was like, yeah, some some nasty, nasty things happened to you. Yeah, that's cool though, man. That's a yeah, cool man. experience. I'll definitely yeah. want to go there. Yeah, check nah, that shit out. Nah, Paisley Park is a dope, dope spot. Like, like Minnesota as a whole is pretty cool. I would say, you know, what I'm saying because I think the first person I met when I got off the plane was a uh, Somalian. Um, he loved. Must he talked to Ilan Omar and basically about the music scene in Minneapolis and how like just dope and cohesive it is. And it's kind of weird that, you know, what happened this year in Minneapolis turned out the way it happened. And it's yeah. like, later it's like, oh. So basically now I'm, I've made the joke to myself, like, hey, you went to Tulum last year. Guess what happened to Tulum this year? Everybody's going. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, wow. A whole touching point for American history happened. So, yeah, at least you already went someplace like in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they've had already had some major black history before. So you don't have to really do that again. But, uh, yeah, it's um, Paisley Park is definitely one of those those ones. Plus, you get to go into one of his studios. Oh, wow. You see his pianos, you see his guitar, and it's one of the one is like one of the few um, items he had before he passed. Like he, he just got the guitar before he passed, and he just got a purple piano. And what it is is that, and since you can't like take pictures in Paisley Park, they take pictures for you, mm-hmm. so you're allowed to take a picture in one of the studios, and okay. they also play some unreleased music. That's dope, man. Yeah. Shoot, if I'm ever in the area, I definitely want to check that out if I can. That's dope, man. That's real cool. All right, man. I think we it's about time to wind this thing down. I need my Anita Baker. Um, real quick takes. Um, I'm no longer an NBA fan. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking rockets are over, man. I, I can't root for another team now, so I'm done. NBA is <laughs> over. It's free agency is fucking crazy. Tillman broke you, didn't he? He did. Like. Harden and Westbrook went out, man. Like Westbrook, I wasn't surprised because that didn't really work. But Harden, Harden, Mister, I'm not leaving the Harden. Travis Scott, best friend, Harden, Harden gonna leave, man. Yeah. And we talking about getting John Wall. Get the fuck out of here, man. Man, I mean, NBA is over. Look, dog. look, hold on, hold on, hold on, Ryan, hold on. Now, you know who will be excited about John Wall coming. Uh, what, what blood gang member? Sauce Walker is very excited about uh John Walker coming to Houston. Who is? Who? I said Sauce Walker. He'd be very excited about. So, John oh yeah, Sauce. I mean, yeah, I guess I, I don't know what to say <laughs> with. Yeah. But now, nah, I mean, look, they made some moves. All right, they brought Christian Wood. So again, we're gonna have a traditional center. Who? At least this center can actually shoot the ball. Who? You know what I, mean? I ain't know <laughs> who that. I know who that was when they said ah, that. Chris, yeah, no, Christian Wood, I watched some of his game in Detroit. He's pretty nice. Like, he kind of, like, elevated his uh, his stature in the league because he was a fringe player, like, going into last season, and he started balling out. But then, you know, it's a little different when you ball for a bad team. So he's like, hmm? hmm? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, y'all enjoy the Christian Wood and John Wall Rockets. I survived the Louis Scola and Jake oh, Battier okay. Wait, wait, wait. Again, I, again, I, <laughs> I, look, I support the Rockets because it's hometown, but – if you want to know where my true basketball allegiance is lie, it, it, they're currently in Los Angeles, California. Of, of course, man. Of course, you're <laughs> a Braun fan, man. Of course you are. I'm not surprised. You probably you probably would clutch. I won't be surprised. That's how you get all these exclusives and all this <laughs> <laughs> secret clutch agent over here. Shit. Rich Paul, we trust, oh, baby. Shit, look, look like they about to win again. <laughs> they of course they are, man. man. Yeah. Look, they 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 got rid of Dwight. Um Danny, Danny Green. Green and who else? Oh, Rondo just signed with the Hawks. Rondo, oh, Rondo's down, but they end up getting back. They got Montrez Harrell, they got Wes Matthews, and they got Dennis Schroeder. So the bench is going to be good again. Mm-hmm. And if they bring, if they get KCP for um, and hell, they they are thinking about getting uh, Bogdanovich from uh Sacramento. Yep. Cancel yeah. Christmas, baby. Cancel Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, the Lakers going to repeat, man. It is what it is. It, so. is, is Giannis leaving? Is Giannis on to oh, on he to ain't signed an extension yet. You're right. Mm. Yeah, it, and they tra- and I a lot of people was like, oh, this is uh, you know, people I guess the NBA don't care about draft picks. 
But they traded like three or four draft picks for Drew Holiday. And Giannis, if, gonna, and Giannis gonna be there. He 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 only there for a year now. So I don't know. He could sign back, but I don't know, man. Drew Holiday is one thing, but getting um DJ Augustin, DJ Augustin is a solid pickup. DJ Augustin is still playing. He is still in the Holy league. Holy shit. I, I know <laughs> DJ Augustin is still in the and league. And he is still good for um he's still good for one playoff upset a year because he did it twice now. He busted okay. uh, Toronto's ass last year, and then this past playoffs, he busted Milwaukee's ass for that one game. <laughs> <laughs> good enough to get you one in the playoffs. I remember when Just he get was playing him. at UT, man. Him and Kevin Durant. That's crazy. UT? I remember him playing at Hightower. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn. I remember going to a game. It was Hightower. He was playing somebody. He wasn't playing Marshall. But he was busting ass. I was like, yo, I can see why this dude's the best point guard in the country because he is ill. <laughs> Damn. Arguably has That's the greatest great. hairline in the league. All right. That that hairline has stayed <laughs> the entire time he's been in the league. I will say if Giannis leaves, he the NBA will go into a lockdown. Like there, 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 will, there will be a lockout season. The owners will be infuriated and there's gonna be a lockout because like what the fuck? If if he goes to a LA team, I guess no small market team has a chance. So it, yeah, I think at Giannis Lee, there will be a lockout. What, what's crazy is these players are leaving a lot of money on the table. You see James Harden. Don't Hart, give a fuck, man. James Harden turned down $50 million. <laughs> Reportedly, yes. Reportedly, yeah. So, <laughs> like, players at this point don't care about the money. They trying to win. And as, I guess they, they make that back. It's nothing, yeah, it's nothing you can really do about it, man, because they, they made this for the small market teams. So they, you know, if you want the most money, stay with this – T- the team he was already on, and they don't give a shit about that. <laughs> they the would go. Pandemic. They would go right the to the pandemic. Warriors to take a, a fifty million dollar pay cut. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, look, we just saw Gordon Hayward literally turn down thirty four million a year, and then flip it to thirty million a year in Charlotte. And I had to think about it. I'm like, thirty million dollars in the South. All that education. You, if you want to talk education reform, the South, by all means, go ahead. <laughs> Miss Cupcheck gonna throw you that bag, and I'm like, I guess, bro. I really yes. just because I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I'm glad um, Lamelo's in the league. I'm glad he's you know top three. I'm glad. I think he's gonna do some nice things in Charlotte. Um, I think the draft was pretty dang. You know, it was decent. I'm tired of hey, this guy must say, oh guy, a high motor. Uh, you know, can jump out the gym, average 17 Wing points. Spin. Guy, he, got, he got run over by he got a run over by Rhino. We gotta get this in. Like, what? no, just, 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 just show the and, highlights, man. And also, I don't know if y'all saw this. Good boy. Did y'all watch the draft on Wednesday? I watched some of it. Yeah. All right. Now for our normal listeners, <laughs> this this part may be a little bit frightening. But did you see? Man, our man name is man was Zeke. He's not. Oh, here. I know, I know what you're gonna talk about. Was, was that that was his girl, right? Oh, or was that, that his was mom? his mother. Okay, I, I was that. confused. Yeah, the white woman in the kente cloth in the whole get up. Kente was cloth confused. is having a banner 2020 in ways it I did is. not expect. Yeah, I say you have to prepare me for that. <laughs> I'm that was sorry. amazing. You got to prepare me for that. <laughs> My Dr. Umar sense started tingling them moments. <laughs> I was like, I beg your pardon. 
That was hilarious, man. That is literally the clip from that Damon Wayne's movie, man. What the fuck? I'm gonna get you, sucker. That was like literally that, man. That's just crazy. <laughs> no, no, no. That was uh oh my goodness, this milk of magnesium. <laughs> oh yes, that too. <laughs> Don't be a menace. Don't yeah. be a menace. <laughs> that was lit. or um god dang it. What was it? Was it uh dang, what's the dude's name, bro? He was the the evil uh he was an evil mortician in um fucking uh Tales from the Hood. Clans will clans will clans will oh, yeah, yeah. Um, in that movie. <laughs> yeah, man. So again, bro, like basketball is gonna be weird. Um COVID is gonna ruin college football. I don't know how yeah. I, I still feel sick that college football is still going on. But um yeah, bro, it's just sports is weird. Sports is sports is weird. Can we get, just get me to 2021, please? And if if COVID testing is done the same way that Dave Chappelle is doing at the at these shows, he's doing now in Houston. Mm-hmm. Sign me up because that I mean it, it don't seem too damn bad. Oh, did you go to that? I had a homeboy who did. Okay, I had a homeboy he did. Basically, they were like, "Yo, we gonna just do these." Uh, about to get these tests in. Tests weren't even that bad, you know. Testing that you you find out your results on the spot. Do you, do, do you get a refund if you test positive? Yes, you okay, get a refund good. if you test positive. <laughs> which is the most hilarious thing of a war, of all, right? It's like, hey, either look, if you test negative, oh, get these labs in, baby. Mm. You test positive, mm, go sit Three, on a $300 COVID test. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> look, a $300 COVID test, but you will get the money back. Like, basically, that's like a job. Like, your job tells you to get a COVID test. Look, just give us the, the um the receipt. We will reimburse you on the check. I wonder what would happen if somebody actually tested positive, and they, they don't go. Yeah, or if how where did they do the test? Do they do the test outside. before? They did, they did literally outside the venue. Yeah, but it's a whole bunch of people lined up, right? Good point. If somebody I'm tests pretty positive, sure they, I'm pretty sure they're like I'm, spaced look, apart. I'm pretty sure there's there's six there's social because, distance in that because like six feet apart. Just imagine if, say, for instance, all three of us go, and uh-huh. I'm the one that tests positive, then this but y'all don't test positive. That's still kind of scary to me. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody's gonna get COVID. Man. Yeah, like it, yeah. It, like all this shit is just to make us feel better. The test and the yeah. mask, we're all going to, the fucking, it's airborne, man. We're all going to get it. It's like yeah. the flu. We all get it. Well, for the most part, we usually all get it in somewhat form or another every year. We're all going to get COVID, man. It is what it is. We probably already had it by now. So yeah, it is what it is. Uh, so let's, let's wrap this shit up, man. I know I know. I out-talked Anita oh, Baker no, already. That's no, all good. <laughs> so... Uh, that, that's that, those were our uh, sports takes for the year yeah. for the week at least for the NBA draft <laughs> and all this shit going on so yeah uh, I'd like to thank the talented Brandon Caldwell for joining us man always a, uh, always a pleasure hook up your social media man where we can find you and your new projects man alright so on Instagram I am at Brando C on Twitter I am at underscore Brando C uh, you'll probably find me on Clubhouse in somebody's room laughing at the Bro. shenanigans going on. Wait, hold on. Oh, you gonna ask. Cut the beat off, man. Cut the beat off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cut the beat off. <laughs> I'm trying to get in Clubhouse for weeks, man. I know, man. <laughs> you gotta hook them up. I'm get an invite. I'll give you an invite, G. I'll get you the invite. Please, please, man. I, I feel <laughs> I'll like, get you the invite. I feel I like, got, I, feel like I, got, I know a lot of people that's on it. 
And every time I say, hey, what's, oh, no, I, I, I don't know how to do it. I'm, what? <laughs> he was getting mad at Jasmine. Jasmine was like, Jasmine was like, I have no idea how I got in. I'm like, yeah. Wait, are you? <laughs> she, she texted us about it too. I'm like, man, I ain't even replied to her stuff on. She like, oh, I was in this, I was in this group on Clubhouse, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I ain't even replying, man. Yeah. Like, I like, I don't want to, yeah. I want to, 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 I I don't want to hear about nobody that's in the club and what happened inside the club and I can't get in. Just oh, I can't believe this happened on hey, Clubhouse today. Hey, just imagine, just imagine you trying to get into a club and you can't get in, but your friends go, and then they trying to come back and tell you what happened in the club and who it's was on like there. Quest Love telling the story. Quest Love acts like every event that you never went to was the greatest event in music history. <laughs> oh, yeah, Prince and Michael Jackson came too. And then uh, Billy D. Williams was there. And all these, <laughs> you just start name dropping. It's like, it was the greatest jam session of all time. You should have been there. Man. Okay, thanks, Quest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me cut the music back on. Let me cut the music back on. All right, all right. Yeah. So we got, we got Figgy in Clubhouse. So Where were that, we? That's all. We, we getting Figgy in, in the club. We getting Figgy in the club. Yes. It is not a dashikis and ties party figure. You can come on through. <laughs> so yes, follow follow Brandon Caldwell on social media, man. You'll see what he's been working on. Of course, check that Paul Wall um, piece if you haven't as well. It's on Complex, very well written, uh, very very great, very good read, man. I recommend it for anybody, uh, even if you don't even like Paul Wall. Check it out, man. He's a great storyteller. Not like Paul Wall. That's true. I've never yeah. met anybody who don't like Paul Wall. Yeah. So I actually good met point. I met him on the red carpet at the sports awards. He was a really cool dude. He followed the uh, Gems and Juice podcast on Instagram and everything. But he it's hard to get his ass on, man. Still trying That's to get him on. He's a people's champ, man. He's a yeah. people's champ. <laughs> Biggie, what you got going on, man? Everything good with you? You want to plug social anything we got going on? Oh yeah, plug the merch line. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. plug that merch, baby. Yeah, um, click the link in our bio on the gyms. Uh, follow Gems and Juice on Instagram, Twitter. Hit the link in the bio. Get you a hoodie, man. Get you a hoodie. Get you a shirt. We got the Gems and Juice mask. So yeah, man. Yeah, do us a thing and um, subscribe to the YouTube. We got a YouTube yes. channel. We probably had this up on YouTube, but yeah, man. Come fuck with your boys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout also, out to wait, Jazz. Wait. Here's a question though, Figgy. Do you have an iPhone or do you have an Android? iPhone. Okay, cool. Yeah, because yeah, because the rule is you gotta have an iPhone to get into the clubhouse. Okay. Yes. <laughs> is that the actual rule or is that a yeah. made up black people rule? Yeah, it says who's it, okay. So here you have X number of invites. Who's a great potential addition to Clubhouse? You'll get credit for the invite on their profile. P.S. We're iPhone only right now. Okay. No, yeah, okay. I got an iPhone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is how Instagram used to be back in the day. Remember, it was only strictly Apple, mm-hmm. and then they let them Android niggas in, and yeah, they ruined everything. With <laughs> quality pictures, weak ass emojis. <laughs> Did you get a PS Five, Brandon? Are you able to get one? I literally just uh, I'm about to I literally just shot me invite right now. Shot me invite. All right, all right. Um, yeah, like Thicky said, follow the podcast, follow us on YouTube. We putting more shit up there, so you will see more content from us on there as well. Shout out to the lovely Jasmine. She been in the background working things and promoting things and doing things. So shout out to her. Follow her at Chitty Chitty Bass on all social media platforms. She be doing DJ sets and shit. She be getting it into. So check her out. 
Um, anybody else? I think that's really about it. That's it, man. All right. Appreciate you, Brandon. Anytime we'll have you on, it's always a good time. So enjoy oh, yeah. the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all y'all out there, thank you for listening. And we out. Do you love having a clean smelling home? Well, the first step to having a clean smelling home is keeping that carpet clean. Our good friends over at P&J Interiors are the dedicated carpet cleaning professionals that will have your carpet spotless in no time. Head over to interiorspj.com. They've been serving the Dallas-Fort Worth area for over 10 years. Get your carpet clean now with P&J Interiors. Go to interiorspj.com. That's interiorspj.com. And tell them the Gems and Juice podcast sent you.